GT Channel with Sam Itani, James McKeon, and Taro Koki. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Podspeed number 27. So we're slowly working our way up to 30. And uh, uh, three of us, at least, I, I don't know about our guests, but we're coming to you from uh, Southern California, where pretty much the whole state is on fire right now. The sky's brown and everything. But we're all safe. Uh, joining me today is, as usual, James McKeown from No Breaking Podcast. Hi, James. Hey, Sam. Back Hello, everyone out there. Yes, back from the road trip. I made it back safe and sound. Yeah, you look disappointed because I actually pronounced your name correctly. No, yeah, still not correctly. Close. Still not correctly, Sam, but we'll get there eventually. I mean, it's like 27 episodes in. One day you'll get there. Then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got Taro Koki, uh, producer and president of GT Channels, making these, makes these pot speeds happen. Hello, everyone. And then uh, my favorite guy with two last names, Rutledge Wood, is our guest <laughs> today. Uh, uh, you NASCAR boys and uh, um, uh, 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 Top, not top speed. What? Uh, oh my word, Sam! Gear, what on earth are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. Can I we just out top gear. gear? Top Gear America. Just, you know what? I think what happened, Sam. Jeremy Clarkson, Tyler Foss, Rutledge Wood. All you guys, your your head, your faces just came right in front of me. You were so good with the two last name thing that oh, I it shook me to the core. I giggled oh, so awesome. much, and I think it maybe just that's when that's when the plane went down. I thought yeah, you were it, great. It, it, it just I was so good. I forgot what the heck I was going to say next. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was like I was like all right NASCAR. We're getting NASCAR in there. Can he see like NASCAR. the idlers? Can he see from my RWB, like, where's he going next? Where's Sam going? And then we hit the went downhill. The, yeah. Well, hey, we'll, thanks hey, for having Rutledge, me. Rutledge, we'll close with barbecue. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right, Taro. Perfect. You you found our guest. You take it away, man. All right, all right, all right. So today we have one of the coolest car guys on TV today, Mr. Rutledge Wood. Um, hey, so are you are you still uh, doing the NASCAR analyst stuff right now? Yes. Even during yeah, all this so, stuff. Going you on? know, it's a little different right now. Like some of the tracks have a few thousand fans. Some of them don't have any. So we've been doing a lot more stuff uh, with NBC and NASCAR and NBC remotely. So my big thing was this is one of those times when we need to hold the NASCAR fans closer than we ever have because it's hard for them to to see it, to feel it, be up close. And y'all know, pick any motorsport event. Uh, let's pick drifting. Watching Formula D on the live cast is awesome. Mm -hmm. nowhere near the experience of being there, seeing it, smelling it, feeling it. It's a totally different thing. Well, NASCAR is that same way. 180 miles an hour or almost 200 miles an hour at some tracks, that sensation of speed gets so easily lost on a big TV and the cameras are so good now, it's, it's hard. So I said, hey, let's, let's try harder to get NASCAR fans in the broadcast and make them feel a part of it. So we've been doing a lot of that where we try to show pictures and, and see how people are watching and how they connect. So uh, I am going to the Bristol race in a few weeks, uh, which will be fun Saturday night. That's the first time I've been to a track since Indy is the only track I've been to um, past like the Daytona 24 hour race this year. So I went for the Brickyard. I was there for the 500 and y'all know like it's the largest sporting venue in the world. And there was just us there. Like It was beyond weird, yeah, but still yeah. Most you felt the power of that place. It was really neat. Right, right, right. And uh, everyone, uh, you guys know Rutledge was also the host of Top Gear USA. So yeah, I didn't mess that up, Sam. Um, you got you got a lot of things going on. You got you had hyperdrive. You your lava. You know the floor is lava. My kids love that show. 
Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, congrats on your success. But let's let's start with um, let's start with Top Gear, right? I think sure. everyone you know learned about you from <clears throat> Top Gear first. Um, so my first question about Top Gear is, um, how's that baller house Tanner has? Have you have you seen? Have you been to his house? I mean, the car has an elevator. What what is going on? I mean, have I been there? Yes. The, here's the funny part, Tanner stayed at my house last night and we don't even have a guest room like we just cleaned up the couch and i made him sleep there instead <laughs> of going back to his uh hotel room tanner was building that house while we were shooting top gear i just want y'all to know i grew up in alabama i've been in atlanta since i was 15 and in top gear found me honestly through a youtube video mm -hmm. that i had done for nascar and and one of our producers this guy named john hessling saw it and thought i might be funny and maybe we'll give this guy a shot. So the whole time I go out there, y'all, I knew I had no chance of getting this. So I was like, I'm gonna go have the time of my life. All of these people show up that were like a big deal that have agents and stuff. And yeah. they called me and I hung up on them when they called because I thought it was a friend prank calling me. <laughs> so fast forward to like the, the first day, Tanner walks onto set where we were, you know, I guess auditioning. And I look at all these other, like I've, I've tried to say hello and be friendly. And I was like, do you guys know who that is? y'all know yo that's tanner faust and they were all like i don't know what it is i was like i'm sorry what he's a, he's a formula drift champ supercars exposed like i went on and on and all these dudes are just like i don't know who it is i was like this is my guy so we honestly we hit it off day one and uh and he's still one of my closest friends but yeah he he has a uh gosh it's like sometimes you're like you know if i could come back as somebody else i think i'd want to come back as tanner faust like what a what a rad time he has in life. It's a beautiful awesome. thing. So, so he had the job before you had it. I mean, did you have to audition for that, for that particular part? Yes. And so he was on the original pilot that they did for NBC. It was him, Corolla, and I think That's the right. guy's name is Eric Stromer, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, who's a really nice guy. I've never, I've never met him, but everybody says he's great. And, and of course, love Corolla, uh, despite how crazy he is. Um, but yeah, so Tanner was on the pilot and a lot of people, it's funny when you hear, I knew our greatest criticism was going to be, of course, like all of us, I loved Top Gear UK. And so when they said, what's going to make this show succeed or fail? And I said, well, if you try to be the three of them, uh, you're going to fail. And turns out that's what the pilot did. And that's why it didn't work. And a lot of people, um, I would see their criticisms of like, oh, y'all should have gotten Corolla or Leno or you guys should have done and you're always like yeah it just you can't pretend to be the three of them it's not going to work so um it was uh I feel like Tanner was probably always a shoe in but to be honest it, it, you never really knew and we met with a bunch of different people the first time they put us with Ferrara something definitely clicked uh because Adam is is so much fun but he's also bananas behind the wheel and y'all know we have tons of friends that love cars it doesn't make you great at driving just because you love cars. Mm -hmm. So I was always clear, like, he's not a great driver. I didn't like riding with him on the street. I still don't, but he's a lovely, he's a lovely guy. He's one of my favorite people in the world. I'm still one of my closest friends. So uh, it just was so much fun, man. We watched the very first show last night with my daughters. Oh, wow. And it was a Cobra attack where we're getting chased by a, a Cobra attack helicopter uh -huh. in a uh, Viper convertible down in Griffin, oh, Georgia. I, which is like, I saw that. I saw that episode. That's right. Yeah, I remember. Man, it was hilarious. Like, I was probably 40 pounds heavier, maybe 45 pounds heavier. He looked like he was in middle school. Like, it's just... <laughs> 
hilarious when you look back on it. And my daughters have never seen that stuff. Like our oldest is 12. Mm-hmm. We have a 10 year old and a six year old. So of course, like they saw every show, every floor is lava, which is where the mm-hmm. painting of me came from. Um, but, you know, now they're kind of getting to see a totally different side of it because now they can kind of understand like, oh, dad went to Iceland or, you know, yeah, they did the Rubicon Trail. It's, it was just time of my life, man. It was yeah. so much what, fun. What's your uh, favorite episode that you uh, guys had to... Uh, oh, see, that's off? really hard, man. It was it was seven years of our lives together. Yeah. Um, and we just went on so many adventures. Iceland is definitely like top three because we got to see the Northern Lights. And, you know, we got to the top of this volcano that had a glacier on top mm-hmm. of it. And by the way, with insurance and all the stuff you have to do, they said we needed an escape plan, right? Because they said this this volcano has gone off every 50 years like clockwork, except it's 20 years overdue. So seismically, they think it'll go any day now. And they're like, yeah. So if it goes off, um, you guys have three hours to get down. And we're like, three hours? It took us three days to get up here. What am I going to do with three hours? Kiss my ass goodbye, I guess. I don't know what else you do with three hours. But it was, that one was amazing. I mean, the Rubicon Trail was insane, and that poor forerunner that I rolled. Um, gosh, but also like driving a thousand horsepower Petty Blue Dodge Charger Challenger was is hard to beat, you know. I just loved all. They were so much fun. You got to drive on the Nurburgring too. I remember that episode. Okay, that one was pretty baller because <laughs> of all the things that we make fun of Tanner for being. Tanner's the only guy in history that I know who ever picked up the phone and called and got the Nurburgring shut down for three hours just for us. Oh my and God. it was the coolest thing. And have, you, have y'all all been, who's been, have you guys all been to the Nurburgring? Oh yeah, I've driven, I've been there like five times. Yeah. Of, no, course, Sam Sam you know. of course Sam has. Of course Sam has. Nurburgring, what? Sam, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? It is, it to me was like living in a video game. It was just such an experience because every hill even though if you know the track by the way like I, I still don't know how some of these people can know this track as well as you because every hill is a blind hill every turn feels like a blind turn and it's just the most i mean at 180 miles an hour you can't process what's happening most of the time i wasn't going quite that fast but i i learned the track on gran turismo before i went so sure it was pretty it was it, it helped a lot so yeah it was but, amazing yeah, watching is, how many turns is it? It's like 200. It's like hundreds of corners, right? So that's a lot of corners to memorize on one run. So it's yeah. a ton, man. It was so much. And, and as soon as we wrapped up, you know, they run it like a toll road. So people, we would see grandmas out there in minivans and you can rent cool cars to go out there. Well, we saw this guy in a Ferrari who was trying to keep up with the Mini Cooper as we were doing like our closing stand up right up against this guardrail. Cause we use a driving school that's there. We use kind of their, property and we kept seeing this mini cooper was going harder and harder into that last right hand turn after the big back stretch and this ferrari just he couldn't hit the turn the same way the mini cooper did well one time he stuck it in there and that mini cooper made the turn and the ferrari did not and he is slamming up against the guardrail both sides behind us as we're trying to do our stand-up he's fine but then they shut the whole thing down and there's like tow trucks now coming in slow like it was just a comedy of errors and the mini cooper guy i don't think he ever knew what happened he's like oh, i wonder where the ferrari went then they shut it down it was and they do like an accident investigation after that because it's a toll road it's the craziest thing ever did you guys get that on tape 
in the background? We did. They didn't. They didn't use any of that because oh, it was like, well, I'm sure. this is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> because we didn't have like we didn't have the full connecting shots of what this guy had just done, oh, but okay. it was awesome. And uh, you have uh, some of these cars that you drove in the show in your garage. We'll get to the, your garage later, but you have sure. some of these cars, some of these unique cars, right? I, I, I did. I don't, I don't know if I have any of them left now. I, I did that thing where I found out that we couldn't sell them to the public. Okay. Um, so they were scrapping a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and then I was like, well, if you can't sell them to the public, couldn't you sell them to me? Because I, I'll sign paperwork for it. And they're like, sure. So I bought a bunch of weird stuff for cheap. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So um, let's uh, talk about like how you got into the auto uh, uh, space. So sure. um, were you always a car guy growing up? Oh yeah, I, car guy was was uh, an understatement. Like in high school, they called us the car jocks. Like mm. we could, we skated. I was a terrible skateboarder, but I still skated and played with cars. But my dad grew up on Route 66 and he's the reason that I got into cars. Mm and loved him so much, but I was, I'd always go to the, the grocery store anytime my mom went and I would just go to the magazine aisle and I would read, y'all are probably the same way. Um, I'd read, you know, uh, low rider, uh, muscle Mustangs, fast words. I'd read anything I could. Mm -hmm. And then you'd like, if you were feeling fancy, you'd end on like the DuPont registry. So you could <laughs> stare at some like weird slant nose gimbalas and stuff mm -hmm. and just thought like, how do people do this? So I just soaked up everything cause I loved all of it so much. And I went to school at the University of Georgia, studied marketing there. And I always knew that I felt like TV and cars are what I wanted to do because I love people. I love cars. It felt like TV was the best way that I could make the most people smile at one time mm -hmm. as possible. But I didn't know if it was going to work. And I guess I was just ready to, to give it a shot and see if I could um, succeed or fail at that. My first job out of school was country music television. I did mobile marketing for them. Mm -hmm. The irony is that I quit after like eight months because I didn't want to travel so much. Okay. And then that's all I've done mm -hmm. since then. But yeah, I ended up finding a job on Craigslist and it said it was a national motorsports network that was looking for an on-site uh, marketing rep and someone that could be an MC. And I had done, I'd hosted karaoke <laughs> I'd worked at a, at a radio station on air. I'd just done a bunch of weird things. And so I was like, hey, maybe this is my shot. Now, I didn't know that it was for NASCAR. I didn't know it was for Speed Channel. I, mm -hmm. In my mind, I listed all the different things. It could be drag racing, mm -hmm. could be drift, indie. I was like, well, whatever it is, I'm going to send my stuff in. And then two weeks later, I was at the Daytona 500, and that was 2005. So mm. it, it's funny not, you know, I was always an import guy, like, um, sport compact car yeah. and and reading you know kojima and and dave and everybody like that was always yeah, my yeah. that was like my bible y'all know like that was such a big time and then watching super street take off and, mm -hmm. and kind of all of those i was at the nopi nationals when they handed out the first super street for free in 97 i think was when that one came out right with was, the airborne integra on the cover was uh, rich chang the uh, guy or john nadary was the editor at that time already I've, I don't I, think Nancy was, uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, Nancy didn't, I bet it was the first guy, yeah, because I had, I, I had, uh, that was like what started, was it, oh gosh, I can't remember the name on the windshield of that car, it's something with a K. Um, I don't even remember it. Was that the I first can't remember what that, yeah. Ooh, I, can't, I can't remember it. But there was like a, a club, right, Kasuko or, I can't, whatever it was, was the first one, and oh, then club. like, 
Oh yeah, it's like yeah. Hey, see, this is why we're nerds because yeah. we can totally like you can see you're like okay, it's a DA Integra yeah. one piece headlights had a little bit of it had like a white and yellow vinyl interior, yeah. which was weird but not that weird at the time. Mm -hmm. You thought this was cool. so anyway, John, I, 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 how do you remember that? You are a geek. <laughs> I am. I absolutely because I read that over and over and over because it was everything that I'd ever like wanted. You all know like. People, I think, saw how much stuff that, and I still do a lot of work with Toyota, but like, I always dreamed about the Toyota Pro Celebrity Race, because as a kid, we oh, didn't have cable, right. but I always saw that race, right? Yeah. Like, they are cars that you see on the street, racing on a track with people that you know from TV and movies. I was like, this is the greatest race of all time. Yeah, yeah. So in my mind, like, that, that was kind of like always the top of the mountain, and then you know, loving imports, always been into Toyotas because I could afford to buy them, work on them, insure them. Mm -hmm. And and that was like where my love of it came from. But I I spent way more time working on Hondas early on and Volkswagens, you know, going to junkyards and stuff than I did anything else. But it was kind of all those things together. So I show up working in NASCAR as like a hip hop um, and like pop punk lover that had worked for country music television. <laughs> now I'm an import guy at the greatest like redneck sport of all time essentially <laughs> racing in nascar and day one i fell in love because y'all know like we use a 60 currently we use a 67 chevy truck suspension for the rear right mm -hmm. that being said it's like aerospace technology within that framework so yeah. it's crazy to see you know i remember the the debate like should we go fuel injection should we not and the whole time i'm like Y'all, if we go fuel injected, the tuners that I know and I've watched make, you know, 1200 horsepower GTRs, they're going to get into this sport and it's going to blow people's minds when they realize how much this stuff can pay it for. And they're like, oh no, we're going to have McLaren do all that because all these guys will cheat their asses off <laughs> and we don't want that. But I don't know. It's kind of funny that that's, that was how I sort of came into all of it was just working on cars, loving them. Uh, playing with them in the junkyard. And then for work, I started traveling with NASCAR. And then in 2006, they gave me a shot on air and I started doing more stuff. And then in 07 was when they found the clip that I had done. Now it's funny, a race fan that I don't know loaded onto YouTube illegally this clip of me on Speed Channel doing something for the show Race Day. Yeah. I don't know who it is. I don't know who they were, but it was with John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazard. It was at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And I basically just spent the whole interview uh, asking him about Daisy. <laughs> and, and since it wasn't like his real cousin, you guys probably, you know, you guys probably went to dinner or whatever. And so this guy, John Hessling's watching in the UK, looking for people to be, be on top here. And he was looking at every person that had been on cars, uh, been on TV for cars in like the last 10 years, saw this and thought I might be funny. And that's how I came to, to the world of top here. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I used to actually uh, pit report for the American Le Mans series. Um, so the, the first day, you know, I got, you know, I was put on the job is probably like you. I mean, they put a mic, you know, headphones and mic, and they just put me out there. First day on the job, I'm walking pit lane at uh, Sebring. You know, that was like my first race because their, their Super Bowl starts at the beginning of the season at Sebring. Right. right? 12 hours. Yeah. So, well, and talk well, about intimidating for the oh record. Like, God, I was so the cars scared. alone, dude, I'm sure you were like, wait not only are these cars next level and could they could if given enough space they could leave the earth's atmosphere they're also driven by some of the biggest names in sport car racing yeah, ever yeah. 
Oh, it was just crazy. So what, what, what was it like for the first day for you to actually, you know, be walking around pit lane and like, you know, having to interview people, you know, right on, right on pit lane? It's crazy. It, it, what's wild is that I would run this stage at Speed Channel have where I would, I would ride around the campgrounds and tell people, hey, here's when we're doing shows, come hang with us. And, you know, you, you don't know what one of these drivers means to people until you see the most passionate fans oh in the world yeah. shouting Dale Jr.'s name or Elliot Sadler or any of the drivers that were there and you saw this connection and that was the first time for me and I was like oh wow this is this is huge these fans see something in themselves in these drivers yeah and it's funny because I also like there was a, an event they did at Fontana years ago that was like where they paired NASCAR drivers up with pro drifters and they put them in some drift cars and they went around and mm -hmm. I had pitched this months beforehand I was like y'all y'all gotta let me go these are my two worlds like this will be awesome and I think it was in 2006 maybe in 08 but um they were like yeah, yeah nobody cares I was like guys <laughs> you're wrong everyone's gonna love this and so they sent my co-worker so my friend Wendy shows up and she's like do you know anything about these cars and I was like yes yes I do where should we begin so it's funny you see through all these different things it's also incredibly segregated because people don't understand like I've always been fascinated IMSA has the easiest chance of success I think of any race series in the world because the cars they race look like cars you can buy mm -hmm. yeah stock cars aren't stock anymore right, right. um Drift cars all look like the raddest Hot Wheels version of any car you could ever make. I mean, they look like superheroes. Right. And the same way, like, you know, a Pro 2 truck doesn't look anything like the Tundra that you can buy at the dealership. But, mm. you know, truck series do look like trucks. Those are cool. But, you know, Xfinity and Cup Series, those cars don't, they don't look the same. IMSA's got this huge advantage, but it also has one of the smallest audiences for watching them, which is so weird to me. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, fascinating world i think we saw this year with running indycar and nascar at the brickyard the same weekend mm -hmm. was pretty pretty dang cool man i i loved being there for both of them i just wish the fans could have been there with us so um i know you're you're a big drifting fan did you see uh, st louis this past uh, past weekend no i was watching the clips because we had uh kentucky derby on saturday and then the darlington race on saturday so i didn't get to see either but i was so man i was so pumped to know, uh, because I do so much stuff with Toyota Racing, to know how long yeah. Steph and the team had worked on that GR Supra, uh, to see it come out and win the first event was huge. But my buddy Turk in that hatchback, oh, yeah, yeah. in the Corolla, how cool was that? I think, is, is Turk leading the points right now? Um, I think he's joined first. I think he okay. is. Yeah. That's unbelievable. With, uh, like, and just couldn't, okay, yeah. And Odie, yeah. man, what a weekend Odie had too, oh, yeah. right? Like. It just, I was so pumped for those guys. And, and, um, and like so many of us, Jared is one of my favorite people on the planet. So I love, it's funny how many times I will be watching um, FD somewhere in a hotel on my iPad while I'm watching the race or I'm a mm -hmm. part of the race. But man, it was, what a great showing. Uh, and we got a, one of my buddies, Taylor Hull, who is uh, from oh, yeah. just down the road for me. You did great. Uh, Taylor. Yeah, man. What an awesome week. You know, he made, uh, I think that was the first time he made Sweet 16. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it's such a good reminder because I think so many of us have been fans of this sport for so long mm -hmm. that you see some of the bigger kind of teams and, and the financial backing is sometimes that difference. A couple hundred horsepower is difference between reliability. It can be all of these different kind of 
things, but see a guy like Taylor show up and still make Sweet 16 gives you this um, a, a huge sense of pride. I mean, what's uh, Jeff? Um, what's Jeff's name? Um, uh, he runs it. He's running 350Z. Yeah, um, um, God, I can't. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm a nerd who's turning. Yeah, into I know. Dad, I can't, I don't I can't know remember. But um, but Taylor, for example, um, I think it was actually his first time to make top 16. Yes. Right. And his wife, Tamara, is there. Like, she's in tears. Yeah. I mean, he was getting uh, emotional, too. He was getting interviewed. And, like, he was getting emotional, like, on camera. And it's like, it just shows how, you know, passionate they got, these guys are about it. But, like, how hard it is for a guy that's, you know, been trying for so long. And to finally just be able to make top 16 just shows, like, the level of those top guys you know and absolutely like, but like look at chelsea denofa like he's just a dude that loved e36s and 46s and now he's on the biggest stage in the world for it i think the way that i watch guys like him interact with people and, and i mean there's so many drivers that i think are just you know from from rad dan matt you name it like Odie. they're just they're great people that love just putting on a show and going out there but but doing hyperdrive for me was such a great reminder of the talent that exists out there that we don't see every weekend. Guys like Fielding Shredder, yeah. who with the right program could go out there and compete every weekend. And by the way, he's like the most handsome dude ever. You're like, <laughs> this is, it's what I always laugh and think is if motorsports wasn't so afraid of everyone like being successful, that notion of a rising tide raises all ships. Like I personally think we should have FD events going on in between races or at race weekends where nascar is because yeah it, what an incredible show we saw that when when global rallycross first showed up before that guy colin bricked the whole thing <laughs> are you doing really do it um and here's why i say that he made deals with smi and then never paid him you can't you can't make a deal with one of the two biggest track owners in the country and then stiff them that's yeah. why they screwed that up but i was at new hampshire watching tanner go over pit wall like mm -hmm. they had this super cool ramp right watching pastrana every dude every time pastrana would hit the ramp you're like he's gonna end on this thing like he goes 10 feet farther than everyone else <laughs> for no reason but meanwhile i'm standing on top of a trailer with kyle bush to my right greg biffle and Joey Logano was up there and these guys were like, dude, I got to get a car. I have yeah. to get in there. And that's yeah. those moments where I was like, we all just want to go, go have fun and be silly in these cars and go put on the line. But again, yeah. that's the hard part of, of anything I realize is that people feel like, well, it's special to me. It's, it's right over here. Yeah, yeah. But like, this could be great for everybody. Your fan base could be double. I mean, Taylor Hall is out there running a Dale Earnhardt tribute paint scheme yeah, yeah. on his ATSV like on the roof yeah dude it's the greatest thing around so I don't know but I'm that I'm that kind of dork but yeah I love it and always have so yeah. Jeff Jones right you're thinking of Jeff, Jeff Jones thank yeah. you yeah. Mike Jones Jeff Jones but like Jeff to me is so much at heart and soul of someone that works his butt off oh my god and yeah. gets better every year but like he's one of like that heart and determination that Jeff Jones has that to me is what Formula D is about. Or knowing that, um, you know, watching the way that Tanner raised the bar and, and Steph knew, Steph knew what, how to succeed. It was 
I get that you want to be the fastest car out there, but we could bump the power down 150 horsepower and be way more reliable. And if you can work on your line, we can be successful together. And to have leadership like that, I mean, it, it pays off. And when you watch Freddie out there, you're like, dude, get rip. Yeah. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. One of our, uh, our friends, Dai Yoshihara, um, oh. was at Formula Drift, but the previous weekend he was at Pike's Peak and he won all, you know, unlimited. And How so, about that? Yeah. There's like, you know, there's, there's inter, you know, intermingling among dis disciplines. And I think there should be more of that, just like you say. Absolutely. And, and when you watch someone like Dai get in, in like the spoon Civic oh, yeah, and go yeah. put down hot laps in a center seat car. And then yeah. the next weekend he's in his drift car and then he goes to Pike Peak, Pike's Peak and he wins. Like, dude, these are incredibly talented drivers that just, it, it's, I, I just think we're so fortunate to get to see that level of talent the way we do. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned hyperdrive. Um, let, let's talk about that. How did that, sure. how did that even happen? I mean, what, 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 what went on? What went down? <laughs> um, so I talked to, uh, to Aaron and Chris, two producers who, who really masterminded this. And Aaron had these incredible ideas about this is the stuff I want to build. And here's how we're going to do it. And to me, it sounded like my hot wheels dream come true. Like as a kid, when you sit there and play and you're moving a car, it's everything that hyperdrive was. And I had this, uh, I was on the hot rod power tour in probably 2016, I'm going to guess. Cause I think we shot the show 18 aired in 19. Yeah. So let's say two years. And so they tell me about it and I was like, guys, this sounds perfect. I'm in. I knew Tanner had helped with some of the stunts. So had um, Turk and Forsberg had helped with some of the design and stuff like that. So, I didn't know who else was going to host, but I told them, I don't think anyone's going to give you all enough money to make this show. But if they do, please call me. It sounds amazing. And two years later, they called me and said, hey, do you want to fly out here and, and you know, kind of practice some commentary? So I met with a few people and, uh, and Mike Hill and Michael Bisming is who they went with. My friend Lindsay Zarniak that did pit reporting. But the moment that you walked out there, you guys would have loved it because you look around and you're like, this is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. This is going to kick ass. Yeah. And the, the bummer is the, it costs so much money to make. It, mm -hmm. I don't think the show will ever come back because oh, really? of that. Oh. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that the show did well, but like Floors Lava, we had like 37 million viewers in a month. Mm -hmm which is insane but it's a, you're casting a different net right yeah. so um i think for hyperdrive what will cause it to not come back is it's super expensive and it just you probably could have done it smaller they could have shot it in georgia where i live and got some tax incentives but they found this old kodak factory they thought it looked amazing and like yeah. post-apocalyptic and and they built the show that they wanted to but the hard part for me was seeing the amount of talent that came from all over the world there uh, and, and wishing that we could get a handful of them back for a season two mm -hmm. and see a new crop because the people that that inspired, there's also some racing series that are going on. I can't like adrenaline might be one that are trying to sort of mimic that same sort of notion okay. of let's do some stunts. Let's do some, let's go haul butt and go have fun in your car. So it was, it was amazing. It's like the mixed martial arts of cars, you know, you have all these. Absolutely. Cars, you know, and y'all know, because you're real car people, here's what I can tell you. It wasn't just for us. And that's why some people were asking like, Oh, why was this on there? Why'd you do that? I'm like, Hey, it's meant to be entertainment, right? Like you can't have three people 
just like me up there and you can't have three people that don't know anything but there are people that drive priuses that are like hey here's the some copy for the voiceover and you look at it and you're like this is i can't say any of this stuff and they're like why not i was like okay so let me help out so this is an s13 and they're like that uh, that doesn't sound sexy i was like i don't care what you think that car's an s13 and it's got a 2jz under the hood and they're like i don't know what that means it's like i know you don't but if i don't say the truth you have zero credit i'm the only car dork here yeah. you have to let me be a nerd and talk like there's a, I think Fielding was on the line and the anti-lag's going off. And Michael and Mike look at me and they're like, oh God, is that bad? Is that bad, that noise? And I was like, no. It's hard to explain, but no, it's just fine. He's got launch control on there. It'll be good. And they're like, I don't know what that means. Like, okay. Turns out a lot of people don't. And, and it's easy for us to forget that stuff. But it was, man, it was so much fun. The, the skill that people brought to that was just, I mean, yeah. the balancing at, was, I think, really, really tough for, for a lot. It was insane. Watching somebody like Atsushi Taniguchi get up there in that, I think it was in a Cresta, maybe, that, that police car. Yeah, yeah. Toyota. Dude, that guy rips. He is so <laughs> talented. But to, to find that balance point, and then the moment that people would kind of get the hang of it, the next lap, they would move it. Oh, yeah. so they kept moving where the ballast i mean stuff like that is insanely hard yeah and people did a great job i was really impressed that's that, that that's really cool um hey let's uh, talk a little bit about your your garage i would love to oh my uh, goodness speak, oh my goodness uh, speaking of your garage uh, i think we have uh someone uh someone that could uh, help us show what car you're working on right now this is so exciting. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so tickled by this right now in this moment. Hi. Hello, caller. Hi. How are you? Hey, Sean. Oh, I'm, I'm good. Hi. Ladies and gentlemen, the world famous Sean Morris has joined. <laughs> and, we got, and we also got Brian. Hi, Brian. Hey, Brian. And Steve. Hey, we lost hey. James. Hey, guys. And uh, we're going to go and uh, we're going to go check something out. We got our we got the whole crew from Top Rank. Yeah, well, I mean, Jessica's not here, but we don't know where he is. I think he's probably surfing or something because that's what he <laughs> likes doing. So, um, can I tell you guys how I can I actually tell you how I know Sean? Because I think the proper channel to establish this on is actually Sean's much cooler than him wife, uh, Merritt, who in the uh, in the import tuner world back in the day was known as like she was like the Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. of babes because she had the type r swapped ek hatch uh and was just the coolest person mm -hmm. super nice i meet her at an event years later and then i think i i think it was actually at the set of top gear mm -hmm. and then i see her like on a plane and we somehow connected but she's like oh this is my husband sean and then sean and i have become great friends <laughs> and he's also like uh he's like an automotive drug dealer he is an enabler <laughs> in that is a perfect description of him. Right? right? Yeah. Do, I mean, I, I bought a typhoon because of this guy. Yeah, he, and then I was like, oh, God, the transmission's going to blow out of this thing. And Sean's like, no, 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 that's how it, that's how it drives. It's supposed to. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah, don't be such a jerk. Put your foot on the floor and hold on. And I was like, oh, this is cool. So, yeah, that's, that's how I know Sean. Uh, right. His wife, Merritt, is amazing. And, yeah. 
That's awesome. Hey, tell us about uh, the story about this this car that we're about to uh, look at, Relage. Uh, so, I don't know. We may be, hey, hello? <laughs> Hi, we still got you. We can still hear you. We can, we can hear you, but we need some visuals, yeah. Sean. Yeah, I know. Can you, I don't know how to. I don't know. I'm so Sean, there's a little there's a little button on there oh, where you turn the camera on. Oh, there it goes. Yeah. Look at that magic. Hey. 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 I'm actually here. So we have this thing. It's uh, midnight purple. It's sort of ashy right now. You have to. There's yes. a lot of uh, ash going on here in SoCal. So, but uh, it's this purple thing. Can you show us the carbon? There you go. Thank you. There you go. Oh, there it is. So yeah, we just want to see a whole. So guys, this is my R33 GTR Midnight Purple that Sean and Brian Yaska found. Uh, I went to go visit. Sean, of course, is like the GTR guru. He wanted me to get an R32, and I was like, "That's cool, bro." But what about its big sister? She's a little, she's a little thicker. She's a little heavier. I'm interested in her. Uh, and so then they went to finding one and they found this beautiful gym. Look at that. The kicker is I haven't seen the car in person because it came in in like June and uh, the boys have had it. It went to Magnaflow, got a custom exhaust and I've, I've not seen it in person yet. When are you going to pick it up? Well, I'm yeah. trying to figure out, uh, yeah, when am I going to pick that up? I'm trying to figure out like a crazy road trip. I think it'd be way more fun to to drive it back. Uh, my friends at Fortune Auto sent me a beautiful set of coilovers over there. Cause Sean said, you know, you're a big guy. Like this will be up after a while. And I was like, hold one sec, I'll fix that. So uh, I, I also sent in a set of Continental tires, extreme contact sports out there. So I, what I really want to do is fly out, crash at Tanner's for a couple of days and then have an epic road trip back. So we're going to see if that awesome. happens. That would be awesome. Hey, uh, show us, Sean, show us a new exhaust. I have a real, real question. Actually, can you move the car forward so I can have Wi-Fi still? Um, I have a real question. Are we keeping these wheels, or are you going to change the wheels? Because I do have tires, but I don't want to do it twice. Sean, you'll watch your mouth when you're talking to me in front of other people. All right, first off, we're friends. You you know I'm going to keep those wheels. Uh, second, you look great. Thanks for your help with this. Um, yeah, so it's got uh, these really cool – they're not advanced. What are they? Oh, they're Apex. That's right. They're, they're Apex, original, yeah. Like, they're, they're like original. They're, I mean, somebody is like, those are going to be so cool, you know? Ooh, look at that exhaust. I love it. And that cool? So that is, uh, Craig Lieberman connected the dots for us the other day. Did you see that? So that was uh, a Magnaflow titanium line that they made and didn't really end up producing. I think they only made a handful of them. But um, there was this R34 that they used for a video game. And, uh, and Craig was sharing the story about it the other day. But he was at Magnaflow and, and the director when they made those. But uh, my buddy Richard Wade said, yeah, we'll, we'll make an exhaust for you. It'll be super cool. It's got this new setup on there where it takes all the resonance out so it doesn't have any crazy drone. But uh, it looks awesome. And then I knew when Sean texted me, he was like, okay, this, is, this sounds great. I really dig it. Then I was like, oh. We did do something cool here. This is great. Hey, is that original paint? Oh, it's purple. <laughs> hey, uh, Sean, is that the, about the same purple as the uh, R34? 
No, so this this is the original midnight purple. So this is uh, this is a really highly desired color. You know this the the purple color. Um, it's a it's a real deep. I don't know if you can really see it on the camera or anything. Yeah, because it's, it's but it's, it's a real deep dark uh, uh, purple. And so you know it's called midnight purple because like some guy who we know maybe is involved with some car club called midnight that may or may not have some influence on whether or not this is called midnight purple mm -hmm. so, although i'll just keep being very ambiguous about why it's called midnight purple so <laughs> so well, congratulations but, Robert. that's a beautiful like you car see, you see here like you can see the purple in there yeah yeah definitely so so depending on the light and all that otherwise it looks like a lot of uh it looks almost black if you're looking here, right? So depending on where the sun is and where the, you know, how it reflects light. But this is probably the most uh, question color we get. Definitely, Mid most people want the midnight purple. Um, and then you know the R34 had midnight purple two and midnight purple three. Mm -hmm. So oh, and, I got it. And so anyway, this is this is the original midnight purple, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's sort of uh, ashy out here. Sorry, Bartlich. You can't see. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you can't. It doesn't. He doesn't even show up on camera at all. Yeah. Are you gonna? Um. Are you gonna go thrash this thing once we get the tires and coilovers on there and, and really shake it down for me or what? Um. I can. Or uh. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you'd like. Or um. But yeah. No. The the coilovers will be soon, and the the tires. I just like I said. I had the question whether or not we're gonna keep these or if we're because for a second, I remember you mentioning something about different wheels, and uh, um, that was all. I just want to make sure I don't want to go and do something twice. So. <laughs> well, you're sweet. To be fair, I, I have dreamed of this car for so long, and I, of course, envisioned it on bronze bulk T37s because <laughs> Ray's makes my dreams come true. So that's <laughs> mentally where I am, but I yeah. also want to have the car. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, we have some other stuff. I mean, you know, some other cars around in here. Some other There's the Lotus. Yes. Other other things. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, I think it was nice talking to you guys, and I don't want to interrupt <laughs> you too much. There's something kind of cool Taro decided, and I thought it might be cool to see your car again. Dude, I love it. Thank cool. you for for showing us and showing the boys. Thanks for the. Uh, I can't yeah. wait to. I can't wait to have that That's thing here, dude. I love it. Thanks for the report, Sean. Hey Rutledge, I have the sense of like someone seeing their baby for the first time from jail. <laughs> is, it the, is it the face sweat? Can you tell him like? It is. It's the sweat. It's the sweat. Yeah. Dude, it's like. <clears throat> it's, it's like if, if Tiffany Amber Thiessen said, "Do you want to go to dinner?" Like that's what this feels like. <laughs> Bye, Sean. Thank you, brother. Here's what's so cool is that I went to go visit Sean. Of course, y'all know is uh, is a great guy and friend to so many people. But I, you know, I said, "Hey, I'm looking for this car. Maybe you can help me." <clears throat> and then he and Brian sit down and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll find exactly what you want. And we talked about the condition and all the different things. But, you know, the way um, Sean is so connected to the world of, of importing and exporting cars, his whole family is. Um, but what's so funny to me is he's also he's an incredible car chief, crew chief, but he is a hell of a driver like that guy. There's nothing he really can't do, you know. Um, and as a veteran, like he's just one of my favorite people around, but so cool that I went to them and said, this is what I'm thinking. This is my dream car. 
Uh, and they said, sure, let's go find you one. So it's, I went to go drive an R32 with him years ago in Long Beach. And it scared me so much that I was like, no, I'm good. I don't need one. <laughs> and so I was like, wait, why'd that scare you? Now at the time I had a, um, I had the old uh, DTA Rogue Status Cyan XB that was yeah. had a 2JZ converted rear-wheel drive that popped Pop the doctor's filled. Yeah, incredible car. Had like 450 to the rear wheels for the record. It was stupid fast and loud and so much fun. But when you, you know, when you move to the right-hand side, a lot of people think like, oh, it must just be easy. It's, it's not a mirror image. It's also crooked, right? Because everything that I know that close mirror and, and how I feel about my far mirror, that proximity doesn't flip-flop the same way. And so Sean is ripping the hell out of this car through Long Beach, y'all. And the whole time I'm like, there's nothing for me to hold on to. What, how, am I gonna, how am I gonna break this kind of mental barrier? And I have a little K-Van. Uh, I have a little Suzuki Every that I got at Japanese Classics uh, in Richmond. And that's funny because slow, no big deal. Like you still got to figure out where you are in the lane. It does change a little bit, but I'm, I'm so excited about that car. It is a car that I have just uh, loved for so long, but I say that I'm also building a Mark IV Supra that one day will get finished. And that truly is like, that's my top of the mountain dream car, six speed uh, twin turbo. It'll be rad, but then I'm building like I'm building a drift truck too. That's a Toyota Hilux pickup because I'm again, Total dork, I can't stop. But at some point, I'll I keep buying cars, building them, then selling them, mm -hmm. and doing okay. So I keep like, oh, I should do more of that. At some point, I realize I can only drive one at a time. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is enough. So yeah, I just want to do a couple things with GTR, probably change the wheels, and then uh, and then just drive it. You know what I mean? Like after the coilovers, exhaust, and tires, like what else do you need? It's perfect. It really is. <laughs> Down by your uh, neck of the woods, there isn't that many uh, right-hand drive cars driving around. You're, I mean, you're going to really, really attract a lot of attention, aren't you? I think so, man. It's a, it's a funny thing. There are some people that I think, um, I think really get it, and then there's a handful of other people that are just confused by it. So Atlanta has definitely had a bigger um, import scene. But, you know, back in the day, like by the time – that i'm trying to think of a good way to explain it but like if y'all would have hondas it would take three years before the east coast was into honda so by the time the east coast got into hondas y'all were into bmws and then y'all got out of bmws and went to vws and audis so the, the way that things would move those trends were so cyclical that i think a lot of the the right hand drive stuff like we've got atl jdm as a new importer and they they're really nice folks so they're bringing some cool cars in mm -hmm. um you know japanese classics for the east coast has done so many mm -hmm. cars and make it super easy and so that's what i love about you know sean and, and top rank and what they do there brian those guys they hustle man they they to know like hey this is the car i'm looking for and then cool i'll just start searching in another country for you we'll start watching auctions yeah. And they would send me different cars and say, what do you think about this one? I just was like, this is insane how this works. And then we got a car and it got on a boat and now it's here. So it's, uh, it's wild to see. But, you know, I, I got a Toyota Century limo from Sean years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was like my first real experience. I think that was the first right-hand drive car that I owned. Oh, you actually and bought that one, a Century? Uh-huh. And it, oh, oh, it might be the nicest awesome. car I've ever owned. Oh yeah, that thing is a V12. I mean, that thing is amazing. 
they still it use was, government official cards in Japan still. So right, yeah. right. And the one I had was a um, mine was a V8, but it was a Hemi V8, what? which is so weird. Yeah, it was super weird. It was a 90 century limo. It looked like the Yakuza might have used it at some point. It Probably. was so badass. Two seats would recline, had a big middle console. What color was uh, it? Had a divider. It was gray, okay. uh, kind of a gunmetal color. It's now in Arizona, and the guy that sold it to build some super cool um, bag Lexuses and stuff. He, he's got a Japanese body kit that he stretched for it to make fit on there. It's airbagged. It is so so ridiculous i love the car but yeah i i just i also really want a um a figaro and a pal and at some point i feel like i should just i should just have the figaro convertible is so hilarious tanner and i drove one when we went to go look at gtrs uh, earlier this year yeah but the pal especially in like the funky orange or green like uh, i think everyone should have one it yeah. just they make they're just they're slow and they're fun why not? I can imagine you driving your family around and, you know, a Figaro <laughs> or a Powell, you know, around around your hometown. I'm telling you, of all the weird cars I have, that K-Van, my Suzuki Every, is my daughter's favorite. It could be because it has the best stereo. Like, it's <laughs> like driving a boombox. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you, uh, were you, or were you planning on uh, building <laughs> a new car for SEMA this year? I, I know you did some stuff with uh, Toyota in the past with the super yeah we built some super so we've been trying to build uh y'all remember the old campers called the chinook it was like a toyota front that had a yeah it was an rv some of them had like a 70s or 80s weren't they the yes yeah 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 oh, dude they were jamming but i've always had this idea like why don't we build something like that on a like take a four-door tacoma or a tundra and make a new kind of style chinook and make it like actually perform and handle so oh, nice. um i don't know if we'll get that chance we've talked about it for years mm -hmm. uh i know there's going to be a new suit a new uh a tundra that's coming at some point uh but <laughs> oh there's the chinook yeah there, look okay at those, got it got top. it top i mean come on well, this cool is the, this be? is the first time i heard this word chinook since the car was out, so we're talking. <laughs> this thing was long gone, buried, and forgotten. That's pretty awesome. Man, bringing it back, huh, Relich? Oh yeah, dude. I'm on a, a group on Facebook of people that love Toyota RVs, and man, you wouldn't believe some of these are in such nice condition. You know, if they were saved in a barn or something, people pay crazy money for them. But oh, really? there's just something cool about it, and I'd, I'd love to see one. I also have that weird thing where, like, I'd love to see one of these. Uh, on airbags and just aired out I, that's the mini trucker still in me but uh yeah these things are cool so yeah I, i'm not gonna get to build anything for sema this year i am building right now uh i sold my old step van the hot rod one that we used on loss and transmission mm -hmm. and it was so big and could tow anything but i couldn't fit it in any garage so uh i'm building a 62 step van and this one had a, a chrysler you know the old grumman's the way they would make the body is they would just make the body and they would put it on whatever frame uh ford chevy or, or chrysler in this case had so it had an old slant six and it was a shorty but it was a dually and somebody had used it at this marina in ohio called a uh, beaver park marina there's a big beaver on either side so i've named the van winona from that primus song uh, but it's gonna be uh, we we cut up an S10 frame and stretched it out and uh, put Ride Tech Air Ride on there. We ended up doing. I basically threw it out to like Instagram and said, "Hey, what should I do here?" I of course like 2J all day. I'd love to put a 2JZ in in anything, but 
um, I knew it would be a little bit more work. For the record, I wanted to put one in the RWB, but I couldn't find anybody to help me make a mount kit, which is why I went with the LS3 in my RWB. And if you think it was sacrificial to do that, I really wish I could have done the 2J. That would have been... It would be like the most hated and loved RWB at the same time. But anyway, we did an SRT8 uh, charger swap. So it's a 6.1 liter that's in there. And I think it'll be cool. Forge line, we uh, sent them all the wheel measurements today. I don't want to paint the outside. I think we're just going to let stuff kind of flake off. But I'm I'm pumped about that thing. It's going to look good. And, and it'll. I think the body will be on the ground uh, when you air it out, which is kind of funny. But I just wanted something that would be fun slow and low and I don't know why my my grandpa had a, a delivery van like that mm -hmm. so that's why I can't get enough of those I, I, I can see the internet will love that <laughs> Ron, hey, well, I think sorry go ahead Sam. oh I was going to say what kind of which kind of cars right now out there today impress you right now well I know it gets a lot of hate because it's it was a BMW co-build but I really do Supra. love the the Supra the A90 and 91 are they're just cool cars man I, I love them I think it's a ton of power but you got to keep in mind like I would never buy a Z4 so I don't really care like who helped build it I also think if you look at the the FRS and the BRZ what a great car like it's yeah. such a fun car to go drive and I got why people said oh it could use more power yeah but almost anything could number yeah. one number two my old Hachi that I had was a supercharged 4AGE that um, Tyler and my friends at Koru Works in Atlanta built. It still could have been faster. Like, I just, I don't think that's enough of it. I ended up with one of the cars uh, from the pro celebrity race mm -hmm. and I took all the decals off and is now a street car. But, um, so I still, I love that. Is it the Hakone? Is that okay. how you say it? The green? The green? Hakone? Yeah, yeah, man. Hakone green. Dude, I, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I take one of those all day. Like, that, to me, will always be a great driving car. It's super fun. Puts a smile on your face. All the power you need. Um, I'm trying to think what else that I really like. There, it, it is cool to see how much power cars are getting. I still, like, I'm not a Camaro guy, and I, I don't think I ever could be. Um but what you can get in like the, you know, the one LE and the ZL one, like I get why people love them. Look how much power a Mustang will make these days. Like oh it's, it's gnarly, but um, I still know, you know, every time I get to go visit Tanner and ride in the GT3, I realize like mm. it's a pretty incredible car. I yeah. definitely get it. Um, I don't get why you pay as much for a house as you would a car, but that's, <laughs> you know, Maybe it's just me, but uh, you know, I drove that for a while. Can't, it's hard to live with, man, because that thing is so stiff. I mean, yes. it, it rides so stiff that I'm going, yeah, great on the track, great to have fun, but uh, everyday driver, I couldn't do it, you know? Yeah, the, when you're pushing the gas, time your life, but when you're sitting in a light, you're like, oh my Yeah, we're going ow. slow over a bumpy road. Oh, God, oh, it's like too much so but keep in mind i also like i was driving my sienna today because i've got kids and i'm oddly dad pumped for the new toyota sienna i can't <laughs> wait to get a cool set of wheels you on are mine. a toyota spokesman today i'm gonna move you off of toyota man. dude the what? swagger wagon you can't act if you've got kids number one if you've got kids and you don't have a minivan i just want to know like who you who are you trying to lie to it's way easier <laughs> Life is so much easier in a minivan. It's the most comfortable thing we own. It gets the best gas mileage. Like, I get why my friends don't want to drive minivans, and then they like want to ride in mine. I'm like, yeah, that's mine. I'm gonna tell you I bought it for my wife, but she doesn't drive it. I drive it. So 
But also, I've got an 84 Toyota van wagon in the driveway known as the Rad Van. So yeah, I love, I've always loved vans. I've always loved Toyotas. People movers are where it's at. But my, so at Coral Works right now is my 94 Toyota pickup, which has a 1JZ twin turbo under the hood. We redid the turbos. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, I'm really excited about that. So the bed was so beat up, and I don't know if y'all have this problem because y'all are all in California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So first off, there's a billion Toyotas out there, so y'all don't have to maybe worry about junkyard as much as I do. But the beds are, have just, they, they get so beat up out here, and, and then we have rust. So I started looking, how could I make like the bed better? I don't want to buy a complete used one because it looks as bad as mine. Mm-hmm. So I got fiberglass fenders from, I think it was Fiberworks. So it's like a Baja kind of a setup. So it's a higher arch on there, but they're like four inches wider on the back so we can run crazy wide wheels. <laughs> we ended up running a um, S14 rear subframe underneath it. I think we're gonna run a S13 front subframe under there because we can't get enough angle oh out of it. God. I just wanted something that was insane, but my thing was like, it has to have air conditioning because <laughs> we live in Georgia. Yeah. I can't take it. <clears throat> you know, so, uh, what were those people? I think it was hyperdriver sort of saying you, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, it's too much, man. S13, S14's on a truck. You're, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's tough because let's, I, I, think, I know what those guys at Hyperdriver are going through now. <laughs> what yeah, the hell like, are you what? talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I know it doesn't make sense that I wanted a 94 Toyota pickup with like bass boat sparkle metal flake to it that would get sideways at the pickup line, but turns out that's what I wanted. So uh we're making it the purple seats that i have i got some of those cool nrg purple buckets if you haven't seen the pur- they have the pink too but i know i get the pink dirty you like purple i think when uh i love purple it's my favorite color i think that's why tara's wearing the, wearing the, shirt. It's just the greatest my tundra did y'all see my wide body purple we called it the fundra i just sold that the same guy that bought it by the way has my blurple camry that we built for SEMA when the new camry came out in 18 the same guy ended up with them but I love, I love purple. Like it's just, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> there she blows. Well, that's, a, that's a little different purple than your uh, GTR purple. Huh? Not quite midnight purple. But. It's not quite midnight purple. I can't wait for that story sometime. But yeah, this is, uh, well, you're good at the computer, James. James I'm trying. James Look at that. You got, the, that. You, got, you got the GTR out there already. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, I put that, I put that picture up there. Uh, it's silly, man. I just like car nice And my buddy, my buddy Rodney Scott, y'all might have seen him on the new um, barbecue show. Uh, was excellent. Looking forward to going tasting it. Scott's yeah, barbecue. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you need to go see it, man. It's uh, that's on what is it? Uh, Chef's Table is yep. is his show. What an incredible show, man. They did such a nice job. But Rodney was on uh, Southern and Hungry with us. We became friends that way, and just such a great guy. Mm-hmm. But if y'all have never had Whole Hog Barbecue, it's worth flying to Charleston and going to his place mm-hmm. and just diving in. Wow! And tell us about your new uh, new mm-hmm. barbecue show. What's what's going on? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, September eighteenth. Uh, it's called American Barbecue Showdown. It's funny when we shot it, we called the show Smoked, but I don't think it translates into every language. <laughs> uh, but yeah, American Barbecue Showdown starts September 18th on Netflix. Uh, it's it's really neat. We got eight of the country's best amateurs, so backyard barbecuers, cookers, mm-hmm. and we basically just decided to have this big throwdown. We shot it in Georgia last summer. Okay, wow. 
And, Last summer, uh, a year ago. Wow, that's a while back. Yes, it takes. It's funny, man. I, I, I'm sure the timing can be different. Like if we did another season of Flores Lava, they could probably turn out quicker. But Netflix is really, um, they're very particular in how they want stuff. What I can tell you guys is visually, this thing is stunning. Like it's the best looking show I've ever been a part of. My parents have a barbecue restaurant called Katie Lou's Cafe. That's uh, 10 minutes from here down in Sonoy. So I've always grown up around food and cooking. And that's how I ended up doing Southern and Hungry. My buddy Guy Fietti was the one that produced that. And so when we did that, and then um, after I did Hyperdrive, uh, Netflix said they wanted to do another show. And and they wondered if I wanted to do something like this. I said, oh, absolutely. So what's cool is that you can see people do stuff that we can do at home. But then they also did like a crazy one of the shows has a bunch of wild stuff so they did like possum and raccoon and all sorts of things that none of us would normally be like oh we should try that but it was incredible man what a did you eat it time i did i did i ate a lot of weird stuff on this one what does possum taste like and sound very like chicken (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. chicken. And did you did you learn any tips from Kevin Bloodsoe then as well, being his your oh co-host? Yeah, yeah, dude. Legend. Bloodsoe. Big Kev is awesome. And he legend. first off, my man's hilarious. Like he will he will joke around about anything, anytime. Like he's just he's just crazy. Um, but has such a great style. Melissa Cookston, of course, like Queen of Memphis Barbecue has so much knowledge. Lyric Lewis was my co-host and she's been on uh, Mad TV and uh, AP Bio. She just, man, she's amazing. She, she had a great time. So it's fun. My favorite part was I had like day one, we're sitting on the back of this pickup truck and they want us to have a drink. And I was like, you know, sweet tea or water or something. I was like, cool, cool, cool. Give me a red solo cup. And they were like, why? I was like, cause every time we're sitting around the smoker, we got a red solo cup. So we did it, and the next day they're like, "We can't do that anymore because you guys all look like you're drinking." And I was like, "What do you think we do when we're sitting by a, a smoker with a brisket on it for hours? Like, I'm, it's what people do. They sit yeah. around and drink." But it was man, it's so much fun. So I hope you guys will, will dig in and check that out. And when people ask like, "Are we going to do more hyperdrive?" I was like, "I don't know, but if you watch this barbecue show, we got a shot at it." <laughs> hey, uh, uh, how many uh, how many episodes per season? I think we did eight shows of this. The first one? Yeah. And it was, man, it was, it's just, you know, what's so fun when you get to do anything. It's the same reason I think I loved hyperdrive so much. There are some incredible professionals out there, but when you get to see amateurs and people that are passionate about this thing that they do and they just do it because they love it, there's just Mm -hmm. something that feels so good about that existence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Rolish, how did you uh, how'd you keep the pounds off while you were doing this? I mean, I, I you know, I, I see Guy Fieri doing his uh, his stuff with the um, you know, the diners and all his oh, yeah. stuff. I'm going, how do these guys not get freaking uh, you know uh, three hundred pounds some, eating some kind of disease, heart blood high blood pressure? Absolutely. I mean, Sam, I would say to watch the first show of Top Gear and then you'll <laughs> you'll be like, Oh, yeah, dude, I was a little, I was a little bit of a thicker. Oh no, no, but during this, but you kept it off, right? During Absolutely. this. Well, here's what happened. I don't. You, when you do a show like that, and people are like, "Hey, you're fat, you're stupid," you're like, "I survived eighth grade. I don't really need strangers' opinions." You get through that, but then one day you wake up as an adult, and you're like, "My pants are tight, and I don't think I want them to be. I should do something about that." So, I have just tried to work real hard at eating better, and and definitely way more 
uh, veggies and things like that. Uh, so it's funny how doing a show like this, I also learned like I can taste this much and tell you about it. I don't have to eat everything they make. So that, that helped. But man, it's a, it's a struggle, especially, you know, like my parents' barbecue restaurant, I gotta be careful if I go in there, but you can leave five pounds heavier every single time you go. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. You know, but really, you just so you, I mean, it, it tastes so good, but you you were disciplined enough to say, okay, that's it. Thank you. All right. You know? I had to. I mean, part of it oh, was that. That is willpower, man. <laughs> well, think of it this way, too. I learned this doing guys' grocery games. They would bring you a plate, and, you know, round one is four chefs on guys' grocery games. And so right. you come by, and they bring you a thing, right? And so I'm going to try four different dishes, which all have multiple components. And that's round one. <laughs> And there's two more rounds. That's what I mean. How do you guys do it? You know, you just gotta, you gotta get in, get out. And a lot of those days, especially doing guys' grocery games, anytime I've done that, I didn't have breakfast and I wouldn't eat dinner because you just, they stretch it out over a day and you do like one and a half shows. You might do, you know, three different things and then you'd start another one, come back the next morning, vice versa. So you just have to be really good. The worst one for me was the final show, the two contestants, uh, they made it to the finale, made whole hog. And whole hog barbecue is so, it's so fascinating, so different because you're cooking literally the entire hog at one time. Okay. And everything has different fat ratios from where they are um, on the pig, but how you season it, how it comes to temperature, all of those things are different. And then the idea, especially if you see like Chef's Table with, with Rodney Scott, like James said, it's so incredible to see how it all comes together. And you get this totally different, flavor out of there that day was real hard for me that was i just every time i would walk by because <laughs> it was still like they left a ton on there and you're like well i mean the fire is mostly out but that meat definitely good i'm just gonna have a little taste <laughs> you gotta be really disciplined to be on a show like that you absolutely do. It's like, so fun, though. Yeah, same as same with car shows, right? You're you're in this uh, business, and you're like, oh, maybe I should start a new project. And you're like, I'll get some parts from here, and it just just keeps on going and going. It never you're stops. You're telling me one of my favorite cars I have is because of Top Gear. I've got a 2013 Cadillac CTSV wagon because I drove it on the show, mm-hmm. and it just was one of my favorite. You know, I got three daughters. I used to have Buick Roadmasters, and now my buddy Dak Shepard is hosting the new Top Gear. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Dax has one of my favorites. It has an LSA in it, but he needs the gearbox that's in mine, I think, because his, he let me drive it. The best part, last time I was out there, I had dinner with him, and after dinner, he's like, do you want to go drive the wagon? I was like, yeah, let's go check it out. His sister's in the backseat, so we pull out where they live, and it's like a neighborhood, and I am foot to the floor in this sucker <laughs> with the LSA, you know, here boosting up, and the whole time I was like, what uh, what gearbox in here? Because I feel like second gear is hanging up. He's like, I feel like second gear is hanging up a little bit too. And I think it's like he had a um, oh, this is where the GM part come in. It was a, I can't remember right now, but it's a it's five speed auto. I think he needs a six speed auto, which is what mine is. I wanted the six speed manual wagon, but I didn't want to pay the fifteen grand overcharge that people were paying. And then kicker is Rachel my wife pointed out that when I drove them on the show I said that the car ships so fast that it's not a big disparity time wise between the manual and auto like there had been so many times before I found this when I was leaving Brazil I'd been down there for the Summer Olympics in 2016 it's I've been gone a month Mm -hmm. mind you I barely know my name at this point it's a midnight 30 flight to come home Mm -hmm. and this guy going down the the airplane's like hey man bought my car because of you and I was like oh (laughs) 
I do not have the energy to talk to someone about cars right now. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. And I was like, you got to ask, you got to ask. And finally, I was like, all right, what'd you get? Like, oh, I got a CTSV wagon. I was like, oh, man, good for you. That's one of my favorites. By the way, like, we yeah, call them estates here. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> right, James? He said, the estate. don't like using the word wagon or stage wagon. Of course not. So he finally, the guy says, well, yeah, I just leased it. I'm about to turn it back in. I was like, I'm sorry, you leased it? And he's like, yeah. So what? What color is it? He said white with a black Recaro. So it's like, can I get your email address? He's like, yeah, no problem, Adam. And I was like, this guy thinks I'm Adam Ferrara. Number one. Number two, he's gonna get an email from me, not Adam. But anyway, so I ended up getting that car from the Hendrick dealership that he got it, and uh, they sent me pictures once they like procured it from him. And I was like, why did they put? Because I asked him, I was like, the six speed or Automatic. He's like, oh, six feet, six feet. So they send me pictures. I was like, yo, this thing's chopped up. It's got an automatic gauge cluster and a manual car. This, oh, it's not a manual. <laughs> you jerks. But that's when Rachel said, you know, you said it was fast enough that you could handle either one. And I was like, okay. She said, so were you were you lying to the camera then? Or are you lying to yourself now? And I was like, you know what? Wow. That's a great point. I'll take it. And keeping I got such you, a good deal. Keeping you it. honest, man. I like Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Living with four women is a ride. I tell you what. You have three daughters? Mm-hmm. Whoa, okay. Well, two daughters and the wife. Oh, no, two I've daughters. Got, uh, I've got three daughters. Oh, three daughters. So it's, yeah. It's, hey, Rutledge, it's, uh, I think the next well, one will be a boy. Keep trying. Now we're good. We're good. Backseat <laughs> of my tundra's full. We're, we're going to call it on that. I didn't want to drive a Suburban. I was good with the trucks. So. Yeah, you have to upgrade to a Suburban if you have one. You more. have to. Yeah. Or drive a minivan. Or a minivan. Oh, there you go. There you go. Or transit. Or, you know, a, a Sprinter or something like that. Something. Yeah. Or a 62-step van. Mm. Yeah. I got weird stuff. Hopefully they can all fit in the GTR. Well, one might have to stay home. We'll work on that. That's going to be tough. That's going to be <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's true. Hey, well, Rutledge, um, thanks for uh, coming on our show. It's been a riot. Uh, your congratulations on your success and everything. Keep on going, man. Uh, thanks for Thank you guys here. so yeah. much. Y'all are, y'all are so awesome. Oh, there's the 911. Thanks, James. Look at you with all your Look, We're just stuff. trying here. And there's your Twitter just to make sure. Yep. There's the Twitter. Right? Yep. There's the Facebook. It's funny. If someone sees this and they're like, does he have the website, therutledgewood.com? I just want to know, I'm not a D-bag, but I couldn't buy rutledgewood.com because it's a wood flooring company in Denton, <laughs> Texas, and they oh. won't sell me the website. So, Oh, and um, I'll, bet you, I'll bet you the guy's last name is Rutledge. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So your two last name thing That's, really pays off. I told you. <laughs> hey, y'all are y'all are so awesome. Thanks for having me. Let me. Thank do you. This. Looking forward to the barbecue show. I, everyone well, who's watching, listening, please tune in. Netflix. Everyone has Netflix. It should yeah. be awesome. No, but there's no car stuff in there, right? It's Not well. Cool. Um, we're sitting in the back of an old truck. Okay, I mean, that's, that's, that, that'll that'll work, man. Kind of counts. I mean, I did. I you know, I tried to get every old car in the show that i had they're like we're we're good man i was like no no i'll drive it out there we really please don't do it it's not going to happen but y'all are awesome thank you guys for having me i sure appreciate it let's do that katie blues cafe all right hey rutledge thanks buddy y'all are the best pluggers around this was amazing (laughs) we do man all All right boys see y'all thanks for having me man see your house looks amazing don't don't touch a thing (laughs) all right i'll try to tell the tell the wife 
<laughs> yes. Yes. I, or or the the maid at Marriott where you're staying. Either one. Okay. It looks great. All right, I'll let it thing. Sam Tarot, thank you guys. Appreciate y'all. See, See you boys. Bye. Thanks. Well that was James fun. gets the gets the uh gets the huge compliment on his little bedroom. <laughs> well, what can I say, Sam? You've been deriding me this whole time and now it's thankfully what someone with taste has come on board. Oh, uh, well, your bed is made today. Your bed is made today. The bed's made every single time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It looks it looks specially made today. <laughs> like like you didn't do it. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> so Anyways, hey, great job with the um, uh, uh, images, James. That was boom. You know I, mean? I tried. Even Rutledge was up. So speaking with that, Sam, we're going straight to you so I can get your are, images are up. Me? Are we going to me, uh, Taro? Yeah, let's, go, let's go, Sam. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me get my uh, notes up. Okay, so let's see. Okay, a few days ago, uh, Aston Martin, our uh, favorite, well, one of my favorite British car makes, uh, released a few images of a very, very, very cool car that I don't, uh, unless you guys are always on the um, internet, you might not have seen it, but uh, this is from uh, Aston Martin's new Q division, right? The uh, their little specialty car division. Uh, and I'm sure the Q is from uh, James Bond's Q division. Mm -hmm. You're very correct, Sam. Very yes. correct. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, uh, they just announced this incredible one-off custom model called the Aston Martin Victor. And uh, think of it as a tuned version of the 177, if you guys remember that supercar uh, that Aston Martin made a few years ago, because that's pretty much what this car is based on. Uh, the design was inspired by the V8 Vantage of the 1970s and 80s, which I totally love. That's a good-looking uh, car. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, those old V8 Vantages from the 70s and 80s, I mean, they, still, you know, they, at first I kind of go, wow, it kind of looks like a Mustang from the front. Yeah, then, it did. I was about to say that, but maybe the Mustang looks like the Astons now. That's, yeah, well, uh, yeah. could be I, the other way around. But uh, to me, no, back then, you know, the old, even the original Mustang had, okay. the, you know, the, the, it had a little bit of a similarity in the mm -hmm. front headlights, but, you know, the, the Aston Martin version was a lot more pumped up. And I thought, you know, I, I really like this car. You know, uh, this was back in the 70s, 80s, the V8 Vantage, because it had that British, you know, total British, British attitude, you know. And uh, uh, with this new car, I'm totally keen on these, the round headlights. And if you look at the car from every angle, everything. No, uh, Sam, Sam, yes. you're missing out the big thing here. This in the center is here is why everyone loves this yes car. yes but you know what I, i'm going to the interior after i talk about the exterior so can you you're, you're skipping on me here james look what, what do you want the front you're talking about the headlights yeah hold on hold on hey this is you know what this is prose this is like art okay let me let me get to it okay uh hold on how do i get this No pressure, Sam, but we're waiting on you. No, 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 hold on. But you're uh, this. The hmm. silence is uh, killing. Deafening. We're, wait, losing, wait. we're losing viewers. Yes. They're <laughs> dropping off. They're not hey, just uh, James, leaving. You, hey, James, can you uh, uh, take, out the, uh, take off the image for a sec? Because i got to get back to my screen to my notes. And it, There you go. Thank you. Let me get back. Now you could go back. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Sam. I'm sorry I had to accommodate everyone else in that no, one yeah, all yeah, about yeah, thousands yeah, of viewers yeah, so you could move I, your notes. I have to, yeah, well, I have to read them, don't I? So anyways, um, 
Uh, it's hard to tell the color of the scarf in the images, but it's a new pastel called Pentland Green, which uh, I would probably translate as uh, expensive version of British Racing Green. Uh, the carbon fiber monocoque chassis is adapted from the 177, and uh, under the hood, powering this thing, is a 7.3 liter V12, which is also from the 177. This one has been tweaked by Cosworth. So yeah. um, if you want to know what it puts out, they say, they're saying 836 horsepower and 600 pound-feet of torque, wow. which is crazy, crazy, a lot of, a lot of horsepower. And the body's probably lighter than the 177 because uh, there is tons of carbon fiber everywhere. Uh, the engine comes made it to a double clutch three pedal, uh, th yeah, six speed manual uh, made by Graziano, Italian company. And let's see. Uh, and oh, uh, I don't know, is, the, is that image, James, of the um, uh, uh, inboard dampers? Uh, did I include them? Because judging by the inboard dampers and springs on this thing, which is really trick. Uh, and it's the same as their Vulcan uh, race car. Um, this thing is going to handle like like a race car. But uh, Aston did say they tuned it for a smooth ride quality on streets. But again, but it still handles itself on the track, which I believe. Uh, and knowing you know Aston, they're they're like one of the best at making these touring cars, these Grand Tours. So uh, the six piston Brembo brakes with carbon ceramic rotors. So very expensive uh, brakes. Uh, and they said the Aston, this, uh, the Victor generates downforce uh, about the same of a Vantage GT4 race car. So this thing is pretty much everything you want in um, a Grand Tour, which is like pretty much a race car that you can take on the street comfortably. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the exterior design. I think you guys, it sounds like you guys do too. I, I mean, if this was in my garage, I, I didn't even have to drive it. I could just sit all day. And getting to the interior, uh, it really does look like it's uh, designed for a classic gentleman. Right, James? Yes, I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, you can look at, you can see the exquisite use of leather and mm -hmm. that solid walnut shift knob, which I think is just really just kind of the, you know, the, the, the topping, the creme de la creme of this thing. And then uh, otherwise, everything about this uh, interior is pretty much colored green. And I think probably the, the reason for that is you're going to need plenty of it to buy this thing. We have no idea what it costs. But I think it's safe to say that uh, our names aren't going to be on this uh, on, the, uh, <laughs> on the buying list here. But uh, what, James, how, yeah, I love the steering wheel too, you know? Kind how of like much do you think it's going to be? What, what, what? I have well, no idea. They're, they're only making the one. It's a custom yeah. order. It's a rebodied 177. Oh, okay, God. Rebodied, yeah, and lighter with a little more power, you know. So, so it's yeah. So it's I, you know, uh, what do you think? About a couple mil? Well, I, yeah, sure. I, I, I'd say being uh, maybe close between between one and two seems sensible for me. A sensible option. But it is a beautiful car, I think. So, yeah. um, and James, you being Brit, I'm sure you you agree. Funnily enough, I don't actually like the look of this one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Can you, for uh, me, James, can you go back to the uh, yeah, the exterior. You don't like you don't like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm I, to it's me. Awesome. Part, it looks like the Batmobile. There's yeah, it parts does look of, like Batmobile. Yeah. There's parts of it I like, but there's also parts of it that I'm not really a big fan of. If that makes sense. I could certainly well, understand I, I the hear, appeal. I want to hear what you like and not like. 
So I, I really like the aero on the car, and I think the wheels are incredible. And the interior is truly a, a work of art. Right. But I'm not such a fan of the the cutout, like the circle, the U-shape, and the cutout in the bonnet. And so what if that, it's functional? It's probably cool in the engine. You know? No, it's definitely. I don't, don't dispute that it's functional. I just, for me personally, it's not really my style of the, the the front aesthetics. I think are a bit too much for me. It just looks like it's trying a bit too much. I like. I would like my uh, two million pound supercar to be a bit more understated. If that makes sense. Really? No. Yes, I'm a gentleman, I, Sam. I'm not a. I'm not a showboating here. I'm of old money. I'm not new money like yourselves who wants to let everyone know. <laughs> I'm going to be going out there in something classic. Uh, I'm a gentleman, Sam. And yeah, that, hey, I've that, got that it. comes with experience, not I'm with money. I'm a gentleman also. But I think... That's to be disputed, like Taurus told me. That's to be disputed. <laughs> but I can understand the ability you're, you're liking of this. I do understand. I like this. How about the rear? Uh, once you get to the rear real quick there. So, James, do you think it's a little, little, a little too gouty? A little too... Uh... A little too yeah. showy, huh? A little too yeah, small. a little too short as well at the back. I think like the spoiler at the back, so it seems disproportionate to me in the, the text for Aston Martin and the lights. It just seems like there's a big gap on the spoiler as opposed to where it is. So for me, um, that's just how I feel. And I just don't think the proportions are right on that back end. I think this, the spoiler is the right proportion, but when it's added with the... The lights, yeah, it seems a bit disproportionate mm -hmm. to me. But that's from like, uh, like I said, if someone was to give me this car, I'd be like, look, thank you very much. I'll happily take the keys. But if I was looking to purchase this and signing off on the design, these are some of the questions I'd ask of the Q team to make changes for. From wow. me, if I was making a custom one off Aston Martin. Wow, pretty. Pretty critical coming from us. To be fair, right? to be fair, one funnily enough, I actually prefer um, the Aston, the original Aston Martin that was used in the Living Daylights, where they had the scene and the skis on top, where they went oh, and that, he, he used yeah, the cello. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think all, almost all the Aston Martins from that era. Well, they just released a special edition of that as well, Sam, to coincide with Tomorrow Never Dies. They've done a special twenty-five. Oh, do you have a, do you have an image of it? Yeah, bear with me. I'll just stop, stop this and I'll just pull it up. One moment, caller. But Taro, you like that. You, I love you, it. I love yeah, it. I, I, yeah. I think it's pretty badass. Just yeah. because, you know, yeah. know like, the, the V8 Vantage is badass. Yeah, um, I love the aggressive look. Um, it, yeah, I, I admit it's not a subtle car. I mean, you know, you're going to get noticed. Like you it? said, it looks like a black Batmobile. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a Batmobile. I mean, you can, you can see the carbon fiber, you know, just like screaming speed. So, and but James, you don't, if, you're, if you're driving a, a million dollar car, you don't want to uh, be noticed? No, not at all. Sam, so I'm a gentleman. I want people to know I've got as much money as possible. Maybe you're just shy. <laughs> exactly. So that was the limited edition they did for the No, to, uh, no Time to Die. Oh, so okay. I like it because it's got the the, ski, uh, the skis in the back that half back to the living. <laughs> yeah, day. I like that. Yeah. 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 But you know, it looks, boy, it looks uh, in this photo. Aston, Aston Martin have been very busy because not only that, they also did this, which I, I posted about yesterday. Yes, I did. I saw that. Which was the junior. Which I think is a lot of fun. Wow! Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's a little bit more uh, uh, better on the price pocket than the Bugatti as well. So yeah. if you wanted to go and compare and contrast, but uh, yeah, I would rather have my kid. You know, if I had a son who uh, who uh, liked driving, I, I would rather have him driving this than the Bugatti actually. Well, each their own, Sam, each their own. It's a tough life out there for you and your children with their Bugattis and their Aston Martins. But look, it is what it is, you know? 
<laughs> okay, so anyways, uh, let's see. It looks like a, a thumbs up from me, a thumbs up from Taro, but not quite the enthusiastic thumbs up from Jay. Well, look, I'll be very honest and say, I give, give this kind of thumbs up all, all day. I mean, the idea of getting a, having the, or the audacity, one might say, to get a custom one-off Aston Martin and getting it spec like this is fantastic. Very much like the idea, the principle behind it. For me, though, the styling is not my type, but there's a concept as a whole of a, a, a Carrozera car, what Aston Martin would make. Great idea. I love it. Love it. But that's why we asked. So uh, I'm going to give a thumbs down for you, though, James. Well, if you say so, we're giving thumbs down, but I'm not saying that, but you can. <laughs> well, a thumbs sideways, and we won't go quite down. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go like that. Okay. So anyways, okay, moving on. Um, and that uh, one was called the Victor? Yeah, the Aston Martin Victor. Mm. So. That's a good uh, name too. Yeah, yeah. Strong, uh, very strong. Especially if your name is Victor. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe the guy who ordered it. Maybe is. maybe his name is Victor. So, anyways, uh, I have one more car to uh, uh, enlighten you all about today. Uh, oh, you, I was going to say, you know why? So Aston Martin named their cars after aircrafts. At this point, they've got a history of that doing that now recently. So oh, I think okay. it's named after an aircraft. Oh, okay. Uh, which aircraft do you know? I think it's the the Hadley Page Victor is the one that it's named after. Okay. So it's, it's well, technically it's shortened it's there. shortened down to just the Victor. Oh, okay. Very good. Thank you, James. See? No, I try and be useful here, Sam. Occasionally, I try and be useful. Good to have a Brit here. Okay. So, anyways, um, we provided some information on the next minor change Honda Civic Type R last month. Mm -hmm. uh, we we reported last time that the next Type R, which was announced at the Tokyo Auto Salon in January before this whole Corona damn thing, you know, uh, erupted of this year. Uh, they said it's not going to be uh, available at dealerships on time because of the virus shutdown. So that car is still going to come out uh, later this year or sometime next year, 2021. But our otaku spies have been working overtime and they dug up info on this model uh, that you see here. Uh, and this is the one after the car that was uh, shown at the Tokyo Auto Salon. Mm. This will be the all new next generation Civic Type R. Uh, and there seems to be a lot of debate behind the scenes about this car at Honda, okay. especially on the subject of whether it's gonna be front wheel drive or all wheel drive. Oh. Now for it to be four wheel drive or all wheel drive, is a, it's a really distinct possibility because Honda announced that all of its models sold in Europe will have some form of electric power by the year 2025 okay mm -hmm. so it'll be either you know they're going all ev or a full you know full pure electric vehicle or hybrid every car in europe and you know type r is uh popular and marketed in uh in europe mm -hmm. so now if you consider that the next type r is scheduled to come out in 2022 or 23 which they said this is this car is 2022 or 2023 then it's safe to assume that the, this fifth generation civic type r will probably be a hybrid Mm -hmm. So our otaku say that this is the setup Honda is considering right now for this car. A turbocharged two-liter inline-four gasoline engine combined with two motors that drive the rear wheels. So this will allow Honda to implement its torque vectoring system, you know, which is kind of this similar on the one on the NSX, so making it handle it a lot better. And our otaku are saying that this uh, Type R the engineering, uh, the engineering department are aiming for a 400 horsepower output. Mm. So we're talking about a 400 horsepower Civic, okay? 
straight from the factory. So pretty crazy. I think Honda's really, really up in the game on the Type R. Because I think the, the Civic Type R is gaining so much in uh, popularity these days. So I think even with even if this isn't a hybrid, I think even with you know even the brilliant minds and the chassis engineers at Honda uh, would be challenged to harness that much power into a front-wheel drive machine. So the fact that this next Type R is going to be four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with all this power, Honda says they're going to redesign the car. While keeping the you know the the spirit of the original design intact, or you know just the, the Type R feel aura intact, they're going to have to maximize downforce. So uh, you can kind of expect it to look like th these drawings that I got from uh, that we received from Best Car. Mm -hmm. uh, the only problem with this is now that the Type R Civic Type R Honda can't challenge for the uh, fastest for, you know front wheel drive lap time at the Nurburgring, you know which they. Mm -hmm. Uh, temporarily kind of gave to uh, Renault. So uh, who cares, right? I mean, if the, I think the Type R needs to evolve with the times. And by 2022, which is, you know, only two years away, uh, there's going to be more EVs and uh, hybrid performance cars out there. So yeah. good for them to keep one step ahead of everyone else. And right now, our Otagas are telling us that the price that they're hoping to bring this car in for even in the U.S., hopefully, is the $50,000 mark. So it's a $50,000 Civic Type R. But if you consider that it's a hybrid all-wheel drive machine with 400 horsepower, $50,000 doesn't sound that bad. You that's know? pretty impressive. That's a that's a lot of uh, that's that. Those are good, really good numbers. You know. The, the oh, big yeah. question is though, Sam and, yes. and Taro, Sam, would you be seen in this car? Because I know you wouldn't be seen in the current Civic Type R. It's yeah, not you the. Know what? This one, I would, I mean, look at, look at the rear, uh, rear, you know, they don't have that funky weird, those. Um, so the, the unusual thing for me is I, I, I didn't, if you look at the yellow picture here, yeah, I don't, I don't like the three, the last quarter section on this angle in this photo in the yellow. It doesn't, for me, I don't like it. But if I switch to the, or the white and mm -hmm. I look at it from this angle, I actually like that in from this perspective. So it's a, it's a weird looking car in regard to that. Um, I, I don't I, know why they made it the they made it different colors, but you know, as an artist. Uh, yeah, it's red rings uh, and so at, forth. Yeah, yes, at uh, at best car, but yeah, this. Uh, yeah, I, I I like the rear. You know, I like the rear better on this one than uh, I do on the current car. But that said, I don't think it's a very nicely designed rear end, to tell you the truth. I also I also wanted to. Pull I agree else. with you. I agree with you. Believe it. I was going to say, Sam, I wouldn't, still wouldn't be surprised if Honda goes out before they go four-wheel drive and do a special edition Nurburgring edition of the Type R and go oh, after they, that, oh, that record. Maybe, yeah, maybe they, they have be probably have one planned uh, for, you know, the one that was supposed to come out, you know, well, this, this because, year. Because that, uh, the Renault that they're going, that, I mean, that's a significantly more expensive car, as I've mentioned before, right, right, than the Type right. R. Yes. So I could see that them going with a special limited edition, say, of 25 or 50 models of it that was sold worldwide, that it'd sell out quick. It'd be an all-carbon fiber version that they'd right. probably be able to squeeze out 400 horsepower and probably beat that lap record and then go out on top and then convert it back and say, just release the new one and be like, it's four-wheel drive. I mean, you could easily get 400 horsepower out of a car that's doing a quick two-liter turbo yeah. with two uh, electric engines, one on each back wheel kind of thing. Easy. 
no problems at all. And they even probably put less power out of the four cylinder than it would currently, giving probably. it more reliability and more efficiency. More efficiency, yeah, a lot more fuel. You know, you could you could probably save a lot of fuel by detuning it just a little bit. You know. Yeah, exactly, completely. Yeah. I mean, even if you had the the party button, right, or the part the push to pass button, where you're just doing that, where you're having <laughs> exactly. that that feature. I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, I like the idea. I mean, I don't mind this car. Obviously, I you know I like the the current one, but um, yeah, I mean, the the yellow dust. I don't. I will say that the the lights at the back are a bit of a worry for me. But it's still just an artist rendering, and you don't exactly. know where it's going to come from. But uh, I think it's maybe yeah. It just... But you got to remember though, and Taro, I think you can attest to this too. Is these guys at Best Car? The reason I have such a good, great relationship with them, well, not because I wrote for them too a little bit, is they they get their info from the inside. Mm -hmm. So really and, close. And, and Sam and Sam show really close. All I'll, say, all I'll say is, Sam, we know, Tara and I both know that the stuff that we get from you, thanks to your friends at Best Car, is weeks ahead of what some of the other automotive journalists talk Absolutely. of. And yeah. they're always on the back. When it comes to this stuff from Best Car, we are always steps ahead of the game there, thanks to you and, and your friends over there. Yeah, a lot of the information I get from, from Best Car, uh, top, uh, top car, see, I'm getting my whole, my top, <laughs> top names up, Car Top. Car Top. Uh, and, you know, our little otaku spies. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to introduce those otaku spies to you, to everyone at some point, don't we? I think so. But that's, but that's only they, that's only when they come out of the cold. <laughs> we, keep them, we need to keep them hidden right now. So yeah. But I mean, it, this is yeah, a sorry, Tar. Yeah. So you know, I agree with you, James. This is a rendering, so it's probably not going to be as good looking as the the you know the final car that comes out um, because this was just a rendering based on. But it's close. But it's usually I mean, close, right? Yeah, I could see this being 90% of it. They're easily yeah. 85 to 90% of what the car's going to look like. Yeah, yeah. But a, a 400 horsepower hybrid, all-wheel drive hybrid at 50K, I mean, that's that's a pretty good deal, you know. I mean, that's what you would pay for, like, what, an Audi A4 all-wheel right, yeah. drive with Quattro? So. Yeah, right? I mean. Or S4 for sure. So. Yeah, there, there are plenty of cars that, you know. 500 600 horsepower all-wheel drive that you know are hundred thousand dollars so i mean it's, it's i think it's a pretty good deal well i i'm i'm happy that honda's actually you know really yeah. kind yeah. of up in their game in this segment with this car because uh, yeah. to me this is the their you know their kind of their franchise the car you yeah, know because yeah. nsx is pretty much invisible out there mm -hmm. nowadays yeah. you know the old the older one is more popular than the newer one so that's that tells you something. But. Yeah, totally agree. I'm I'm just happy that Honda is still on it with the Type R. Yeah, they are for, on it. For yeah. a couple of years, you know, they were they they didn't have one, and they they kind of felt like they lost their way with the performance uh, cars. But uh, I'm just glad that they're working on a Type R on a Civic Type. R. And you know what's great is you know James might touch on this on in his segment, but he just Honda just came with an impressive win this past weekend mm. on the international stage again. So, right, James. Yes, correct. So, okay. do you want to talk about that now, Tara? Or do you want to, you, Tara, you talk about diet first before you, we go you into go, my you stuff. Go, you go first. You go first. You go first. You, okay. Well, yeah. with that being the case, let me just—I've uh, got lots of stuff on the go here. Yeah, uh, Tara's left for this for your sake. He has. He's had enough. He's like. I had to, I had to turn on the turn on the light. It went off. It's, it's like motion. So obviously, we just had the Italian Grand Prix this weekend. Yes, which, had, which I liked. So. 
I, I know. I mean, getting a text message from San Matani, I felt very special, to, especially when right. Taras goes, I've got no idea what's happening. So I like that even better. It's like keeping everything <laughs> realistic. It's I, mean, nice I, don't, I don't text too many people too often, James, but you got, <laughs> you got one from me totally out of the blue. Wasn't that, wasn't that a surprise? Yeah. So I thought I'd just touch a few things before. So Sam, do you want to talk about uh, the, the race itself since you were nope. very, very keen on it? No, no, no. You, you, you take it away and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in where uh, I feel like I should. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Pierre Gasly from AlphaTauri uh, won a dramatic, one might say, in dispute, uh, disrupted uh, the one race there at, at Monza. Um, he led one ahead of Carlos Sainz. Um, but, I mean... We've oh, sorry, Carlos Sainz, sorry, of McLaren. Of, currently of McLaren, yes. Soon to be of someone else. But currently of yes. McLaren. Yes, um, somewhere else. So the race was stopped because of a driver error when Charles Leclerc went off the track. And um, he hard. He did go off hard. Thankfully, he was just only winded, but he came out okay. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was walking around after, after But the other one before that we can talk about is the brake explosion for Sebastian Vettel, who, oh. which was made at, uh, Sebastian, I think, came out and said he was glad that there was no Italian fans there in the crowd cheering there was no Tifosi because they would have been very embarrassed by the performance. But um, the, the red flag came out, but unfortunately at that time, Lewis Hamilton missed or didn't get the instructions he should have got in regards to uh, his pitting. So he pitted what he shouldn't have. He pitted under a red flag, which you're not allowed to do. Mm. And that results in a drive-through penalty for him. A 10-second ten ten sec oh. penalty included yeah. in the drive-through. Oh which effectively took him from first, where it was comfortably in first position, to last position. Last. Oh, God. Uh, he um, lost 30 seconds on that, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you and I will disagree. I mean, I know the talk now is obviously of they should do reverse grids uh, for oh, qualifying. Yeah I, I'm not, yeah, I don't know if I'm a fan of that. But. That seems silly to me at all, on all costs. I always think they should be best. But, I mean, it was very nice for Pierre to get the win. He looks, I mean... He was incredibly happy over the moon, one might say, to get the race win and everything else under the sun. Yeah, he, um, had, he had a few bad breaks before, you know, so. Of course, being his time at Red Bull when he was then coming it's down right. and then getting the win is fantastic. But, um, I mean, this, it, it, I thought, I mean, people say Hamilton can't drive. And he went from last to seventh uh, in half the race, um, getting through the field. So, I mean... Yeah. Wait, who said Hamilton can't drive? Uh, there's lots of people out there that think he's only good because he's in the McLaren. I'm a Sorry. No, 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 no. And they don't think he's talented as much because it's just oh, purely the car. But okay. I think that he's head the and shoulders. The car is has a lot to do with it, but that doesn't mean Ham Hamilton's Hamilton's the greatest. He's he. I think he is the most skilled driver out there. I mean, he finished just behind Bottas, his teammate, who didn't have to take penalty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I'm just saying well, that Hamilton, Hamilton has Hamilton has that special it. He's going to yeah. be remembered as one of the greatest Grand Prix drivers ever. So. He's not going to be remembered as one of the greatest. Uh, as okay. the greatest. Let's be okay. honest. Okay. Well, I, I think I think that we'll see. We will see. I'll, I'm going to. I'm just going to hedge He's my bets and say one of the best right now. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but this. But you know what I thought was great about this, uh, James, is that this is the first time the podium saw all three spots, first, second, and third on the podium, saw cars other than Mercedes, Ferrari, or Red Bull in like what? A long time. A like long a time. Longer years, than yeah, many, know? many years, in fact. Many, yeah, many so, years. Easily. So, 
So yeah, I, I like to see a little parody and stuff like that. And it's great to see, be able to see some of these guys that, you know, we usually have no chance of winning the race. Yeah. That's why they like the reverse gridding stuff. But to me, Formula One's got to be pure. You could do weight penalties and all that for all these other series, maybe reverse grid. Formula One, I think, is one thing you just got to you just got to make it. Uh, Sam, I agree with you. It's the pinnacle of automotive racing, and so, so that's where it's got to stay. Yeah, but I, uh, we'll, we'll also touch a few things. Obviously, Sergio Perez, as you can see here, leaving Racing Point, which opens the door, probably most likely for Sebastian Vettel to be going to Racing Point. Yeah. Racing Point are going to be rebranded as Aston Martin Racing moving forward uh, in 2021. So it'll be interesting to see how Sebastian Vettel goes on with his teammate, Lance Stroll, whose dad owns the company, and see who gets a special treatment between the two of them. So that will be interesting oh, to see in uh, 2021. Lance Stroll is in the driver's seat there. Um, yeah, the other one, obviously, is as we see in the top right here, is the go behind the scenes on Claire Williams' emotional last day with the family's team. Right, right. I mean, uh, Williams, obviously, we all know they were having financial difficulties when it comes through. Uh, they'd lost 13 million pounds, I think, or 13 million dollars last year. So it's obviously very expensive to, to run a Formula One team. Um, and they were just not having this less success over the past few seasons. Yeah. Um, just when they couldn't keep up, I think, financially with the way of keeping it as a pro essentially a privateer team. I mean, they started in 77, ran to 2020, nine constructors' championships, seven drivers' championships. Uh, notable people on the staff have included Patrick Head, Adrian Newey, Ross Braun, who are all very famous for what they're doing now. Uh, drivers, of course, Alan Jones, Keki Rosberg, Nigel Mansell, Damon Hill, David Coulthard, Jensen Button, Alan Prost, Nelson, Nelson Piquet, Ayrton Senna, Jacques Villeneuve. I mean, a huge, oh, yeah. the yeah, best, yeah. the cream yeah. of the crop, the best of the best. Yeah, um, he, was a, he was a visionary. Also, what I didn't know about this, I didn't know part of it, but I did not know that Frank was knighted in both England and France. What? Yes. Really? So he was knighted for his service because of the wins they had with Renault. So he was knighted in France as well. <laughs> Interesting. But uh, obviously, you know that Frank had the injury that he had, which broke his back in 1986, and that allowed him to focus on it, which is where you see the real drive and the success of the team in the late 80s after yeah. they lost out in 86 with Nigel Mansell. Where my, you know who was in the uh, watching that race live that day, Sam Matani? James McKeown. No, James McKeown was not, but Nigel, Nigel McKeown at 1986. No. Was, at the, was at the Adelaide Grand Prix. Oh, and he, in Australia. My yes, God. where um, Nigel Mansell's tyre blew up as he was chasing to get the win. And then they brought Nelson Piquet in to just check to make sure it was okay, which meant that um, Alan Prost won the championship that year on wow. the final race of the season. Hey, while we're on the um, uh, subject of uh, Formula One, just wanted to just put a heads up out there that there's going to be an eight-part miniseries on Ayrton Senna. And he's, of course, he's, uh, and I don't even really want to mention this, but he was, a, he, was he drove in a Williams too. Um, but uh uh, is the, you know, the last race very drove. But well, some say, Sam, that that race he was driving that Williams so hard because Ferrari were cheating so much. That's mm -hmm. how I was able to catch and beat him and get that final pole. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. because Ferrari were using the launch control software and the traction control software that, that was banned. But they say it's coming. I don't really know when yet. Uh, but there's some, someone's going to be actually playing Senna too, so which will be which will be interesting. 
Um, but is it you, Sam Mitani? Is that why you can't say too much about it? You're going to be playing Ant and Senna? No, actually, I might be playing uh, Soichiro Honda. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that sounds fair. So I don't think I could, I could uh, kind of pull, pull the Senna thing off. But you know what? It's funny is I have an IMDB um, uh, um, profile because I did some stuff with film. So it's crazy. So anyways, yeah, but anyways, there's going to be an eight-part miniseries with uh, Santa coming to Netflix soon, so hopefully you guys will, uh, uh, well, well, we'll all kind of be in. in yeah. yeah, and then obviously, well, before we wrap up the F1, we'll just have a quick look at the driver standing. Funnily enough, Lewis Hamilton has still pulled out a lead over all his teammates, with oh, Max Verstappen oh, yeah. retiring and Valtteri Bottas and so forth. Yeah, no one's going to and then it looks like, to be fair, Mercedes are pretty comfortable for the 2020 season at this point in time. Yep. 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 But, you know, I mean, even all, even, even Hamilton himself said, yeah, you know, that's getting kind of boring, you know, watching this, you know, these Formula One races. He says he's up for change. So he's pretty much saying, hey, it's getting, you know, winning all the time is getting boring. So that's. Well, he knows he's the best, Sam. And when you're the best, you're the best. So now we'll touch on something here that I thought might be of interest is obviously uh, the World Rally Championship. They were back last this past weekend, rally round, I think it was number four, I think, in Estonia. Um, what makes this so unique, though, is that um, the championship is so close, um, especially between the two main teams, Toyota versus Hyundai. And this is where I really want to drive this conversation, is why aren't more OEMs competing in World Rally Championship? Why? They're only, what, wait, Toyota and Hyundai? I mean... And Ford. Ford is M-Sport is Ford. There's only three... Is it getting too expensive? Always? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think if you had a, a Honda Civic Type R competing in this, why not? Four-wheel drive. Why not put it in there to compete? Yeah. What about the European manufacturers? Where are they? You know? Nope. Pulled out. They don't do it anymore. They focus on other things, which makes it's it really... A, unusual to me yeah and it's sad to see subaru not in there too you know i mean they yeah. and, and no mitsubishi you think it mitsubishi well, mitsubishi is barely barely alive these days but still though very in, inexpensive motorsport to be joining compared it's, to be all the others well yeah i mean the formula racing or something like that for sure but wrc is pretty expensive too though i mean there's it's got to be but it's yeah. it's but to no, me the regulations keep the cost down i mean it's a 1.6 turbo yeah, engine yeah, they keep it to 350 horsepower i mean it's pretty there's, there's not the, the cost of it, everything is pretty That's much true. scaled back. To be fair, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, these. You know, and they're all based on you know uh, production cars too. So, and uh, obviously, what well, I like to what is the answer? why? Why do you think? No, I, I've got no no idea. Is it because people? I don't understand. It doesn't get the popularity it does because it's so good. And the rallying is so it great, is, and it goes to such incredible locations like this, where the photographs by my friend Giannis Ree are uh, truly incredible. I mean, it's, ah, that's where you're getting, you're getting your tips from lately. All right. I've, I've been trying. You know, Yanis uh, is, is one of the best motorsports photographers I see, and this is his work right. here. They're fantastic. Uh, that thing. Incredible. Truly incredible. But it's it, it just, I just, I just don't understand it with being such a number of good old drivers in there, like Sebastian Ogier, uh, new ones coming through at Cali Robinpera, taken from his dad, uh, Harry Robinpera. I mean, there's a great selection of drivers coming through. And they just there needs to be more eyes on WRC. It is the best racing. The people, I don't. There's no one that's faster than the than the rally drivers. That's what I put it like that. It's probably one of the best for television too. You know, because you're in exotic locations, you get you know shots from the helicopter, the in camera shot of them just sliding all over the places, like just 
Agreed. It is the best. It's the best for uh, that, Sam. But my next one I'm going to touch on here, I think, is the best actual. Is this your Moto, no, no, MotoGP. So MotoGP, oh, MotoGP okay. does the, the live streaming here, which I was going to talk about, where it's 60 euros a year for the whole season. But the incredible ability and how much insight they gave you in there. Everyone, every other racing series needs to look at MotoGP and see how they're doing it. The ability they can tell you how much, I, what I didn't realize until I started watching the MotoGP is the bike tires are actually set up differently. So you've got a hard, different compounds on each side of the tire, which will change depending on the track and the number of left and right turns they do. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. Cool. And they'll give you the, the number of breakdowns that they can do. I mean, Formula One has sort of just started doing this in regards to, you know, the cockpit views where they'll show it. MotoGP's had that for years now. I mean, the leaps, the production quality of MotoGP is where everyone needs to be, to look to be hitting. It's so good. And an for app? this, is that, is that yeah. an app? Yes. A MotoGP app? Yes. Where you, that's where you watch it, Tara. So you purchase the app and you get to watch it through. Okay. But um, it's 60 euros a year. So a really good deal to get the whole series. And it's not just that. Cause you get all the qualifying and then you get the MotoGP2 and et cetera that rolls down the line. So it's incredible value. But what I like about this, uh, the MotoGP in particular, is five races into the season now. Marquez, unfortunately, injured in the first race, so he's out. He's going to be out for another three months. Oh. In those first five races, we've had four different winners and three different manufacturers in those first five races. It's so unpredictable. And uh, in this last race, Oliveira won on the last corner, and he was currently he was in third position. So he was able to overtake first and second on the last corner mm. to win, to make the win. And another fun fact for you, Sam Matani, that I always know you love, you know whose favorite sport? Uh, MotoGP is? Uh, let me think. Um, uh, Rutledge Wood? No, he likes NASCAR. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not Nigel McKeon. It's Patricia McKeon. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. What? Really? Yes. Patricia McKeon will stay up in all hours of the night to watch the MotoGP. Oh, it's a God. favorite thing. And she gets so mad if I talk to her about the MotoGP and I spoil it. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. Wow. You and then. Family's just uh, our gearheads. Exactly. But then I thought I'd touch on my favorite sport, which is Speedway, because there are two races are happening on Friday and Saturday this week. And I'm going to make you two watch them. I'm going to send you the YouTube and I'm going to check in with you to make sure you watch them. <laughs> Speedway Grand Prix has an incredible YouTube channel. Recommend it. Couldn't recommend it anyway, highly. One of the best YouTube channels out there. They show all the races. I see you haven't happened. subscribed though. You haven't subscribed. Oh, it's, it's on my different account. But yes, this is the one <laughs> I've subscribed to. But... Uh, I love I love my Speedway. And of course, there's a great breakdown that talks about in the most recent one with Kelvin Tatum, who's an ex-world champion from England. He talks about how the bikes are set up differently. They do the different gearing ratios for the track. It's very, very good. But um, looking forward to the race this weekend. As you can see, heavily focused in Poland, which is where the biggest Speedway league is in the world and mm -hmm. uh, the world of the rider. But I definitely think you two should be watching this weekend. Okay. And I'll send you the race and send you the highlights too, just to check it. Sounds good. That's great. And that's me. Great. Over and out. Tara, all to you. Great job, James. Awesome. I try. Try to keep it relevant. I mean, with this title of a motorsports expert that's that I've got in this uh, Podspeed uh, trailer. We need to make business cards with that. Just motor, James McKeon, motorsports expert. Yeah, that's it. And that's where and I lead my conversation. I host Podspeed. That comes small. And like just in, underneath. Exactly. And we got a new logo to go with it, too. Okay, go ahead, Taro. 
I don't know if everyone's noticed the new uh, PodSpeed logo that we have, right? I what look? I, I noticed what? I mean, <laughs> I keep looking at Sam Matani and think I, I know that logo, but then I'm like, wow, is that I, a fantastic? No, I, I tried to put it on there, but then it got stretched out. Carl says, no, it looks horrible. So I, I, I <laughs> got warped, you know, sideways. Yeah. So it happens the best of us. We have our new, you know, new icon as well. It's on our, uh, all of our, uh, you know, digital outlets. Very yellow. So Very it's yellow. Yes. Stands out. So, um, well, our good friend and our first guest, uh, well, other than James McKeon, obviously that we had, uh, post-COVID, uh, Mr. Daijiro Yoshihara went out to Pikes Peak this past weekend with uh, Evasive Motorsports. Um, last year, they went out and he was not able to complete the, uh, the race at Pikes Peak. Um, same car with Evasive Motorsports, um, the Toyota 86. Uh, he w- he went half about halfway and the car broke down and he wasn't uh, able to finish the race last year. Now this uh, Pikes Peak is a very unique race. The main event is on Sunday, and since it's a public road, uh, what they do is they never get a chance to uh, practice or even qualify from the bottom all the way to the top because it's 10 minutes, approximately 10 minutes to get from the bottom to the top. So what they do is, uh, I think, I think they start like on Monday. So Monday, Wednesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, or it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they have three days to basically uh, practice. Oh my God. No, we got to um, anyway, they have three days to practice, right? Free um, advertising these guys. I'm, I'm just looking for the brushing my teeth. Tara, it was great. <laughs> So they, they, they break down the, 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 the mountain into three parts. So it's like the lower section, middle section, and the upper section. And uh, each year, it's different of what uh, section they use as the qualifying time. But um, Dai had a lot of gremlins uh, during the week. So here, you can see that they had some issues with uh, the transmission. Um, they had to overnight... A, a, um, a look at that. Oh, yeah. They had, they had to overnight the parts from Japan, Taro. Is that um, what they did? No, in from, the Fast from, and Furious style? Yeah, uh, from Spoon, right? The engine from Spoon <laughs> Fast and Furious. No, they had to, some from North Carolina or something like that. Um, they, they just didn't have the part. So um, it, it, they, had, they had a couple of issues, actually. This was, you know, they went out to the track and tried to test it, but it just didn't go as they wanted to. And they had to take it back. They had to uh, take it to this Honda dealer out in uh, Colorado Springs, uh, borrowed their, you know, their lift and everything. So um, they had to take out the whole transmission. And it, it was a really a small, small part that they, that they needed, but they couldn't, uh, they couldn't fix it uh, on the spot. So they had to wait a day. And the great thing about it, uh, they were lucky because um, Friday, I believe, and Saturday. I think Saturday is off. Like the day they have like 24 hours until the race, so it's it's completely off. And usually that Saturday is the um, the festival down at Col- downtown Colorado Springs, but um, that got canceled. So they really uh, didn't didn't have anything to do. So they they just you know worked all night, 
and uh, fix the car. They they shipped the parts and they were they were able to fix the car and and make it to the uh, to the starting line. So look at this. Everybody's just like ex exhausted, right? Except Die. Yeah, except <laughs> for Die, obviously, because he he got his beauty sleep. So you know they were working all night and they finally you know got the car fixed. By the way, this video is on Die's uh, YouTube channel, so you guys go go check it out. Um, so they made it to the starting line and. Uh, Look at this. Oh, get Redwood. Oh, yeah. I bought it. After looking at that dreamy hunk, I'm in. <laughs> Go buy it. Um, so, you know, Mike Chang, the owner of Evasive Motorsports, uh, was talking about it in this video that he really wasn't sure if they were even going to make it. You know, uh, they were really not confident because they didn't have a chance to, to shake down the car. You know, last year, they didn't even make it all the way to the top. Um, but before the race, um, I talked to Dai and um, he was like, you know, there are only uh, like six people in his class or something. And if, if there were, if he was pretty, you know, confident that if he can make it up to the top of the mountain, that he would be able to clock a really competitive time. He didn't know he was going to win, but he knew that if the car would hold from the start line to the, to the top, uh, he would be able to get a competitive time, maybe podium, right? So I was kind of glad to hear that from Dai. Um, and so they were work, able to work out the, the, the issues that they had. And he goes out. He goes out. Um, and I don't know if you guys uh, knew this, but I didn't know about this either because they didn't actually show this uh, in the broad in the broadcast, look, look what happens here. He spun out, he spun out <laughs> like this is maybe at the top of the lower section before it starts, before all the trees disappear. Um, and so he must've lost a good five, six seconds. Easily. Imagine what kind of times he would have been able to, you know, get if he actually didn't you know, do a half spin there. Um, they didn't even show that. So uh, the broadcast didn't even talk about it, but um, he was able to recover and basically win his class. And I, I would just like to congratulate Dai and the evasive team, you know, uh, Ed, you know, Ed, Eddie at uh, Titan seven, all the guys at uh, Enios turn 14, all the guys that uh, basically supported this team. Uh, you know, Dai is a friend of GT Channel, and uh, I'm just really happy that he was able to go out there, be safe, you know, and and actually come out on top. He was able to win his class with uh, 10 minutes and five seconds. So yeah, it was a fantastic result. And also, I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, Dai's Mercedes Benz come to fruition and develop. Oh, 190. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So during all this crazy stuff, he's he's building a 190 <laughs> with Chris Marion. From KW suspension. Cool. Good job, Die. Yeah, good job, Die. Everyone, go check out this video on Die's uh, Die's YouTube channel. We'll have it up on uh, GT channel as well. Cool. So check it out. Definitely check it out on both. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. All right, we're getting close to the two-hour mark. Tara, you got something real quick you want to show us, right? Yes, I do. I actually have one more thing. Oh, you do? Okay, sorry about that. Yes. No, not, not with Dai, though. Not with Dai. 
I have one more thing. I have to get rid of my virtual background because it just messes this up. Um, so I heard, this is my office. So I, I got a message from um, this person on, I got an email. Um, his name is Alexander, I'm sorry, I'm gonna butcher his name, Creighton. He's an English guy, he's a, he's a car nut apparently. Um, he's a photographer, an English guy living in Berlin, and he's had a lifelong fascination with GTRs and Japanese tuna cars and stuff like that. Um, and last year, he said he decided to uh, pick up, you know, and get his camera and go on searching for uh, GTRs around the world. And um, he came up with this book, this, this right here. GTR the journey and he sent me a copy of this book and this is a beautiful book look at this it's a it's coffee table book but the first person that is featured in this book is Mr. Hiroshi Tamura all right the pictures are are awesome they're beautiful I mean this is the midnight that we were talking about earlier with Rutledge this is the uh, his his club the midnight we have the Zama, uh, Nissan Zama collection. We got we got a whole bunch of people. Um, this is Smoky Nagata from Top Secret. There's there's a great photography. Uh, little 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 story uh, back story on these guys. I mean, it, this book is really really good. I mean, is it uh, available on Amazon or anything? Or? Uh, yes. So go to uh, GT. Oh, there it is. The journey exactly, and you will be able to purchase the book. How much is it? We have even Mr. Larry Chan. Larry will be our guest in two weeks too. So you guys make sure to tune in to that. Larry owns an R32 GTR as well. So look at that. Sixty quid. Sixty euros. John Morris. Euros. I'm sorry. Euros. And Sean Morris makes appearance. John Morris is even in the book. Oh. Yeah. So guys, this is a, this is a really beautiful book. Uh, I, 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 I recommend it. And, and thanks um, to, uh, thanks to uh, Alexander for my son's name, Alexander too. Uh, thanks for Alexander for sending me the book. It's a, it's a beautiful book. I uh, recommend you guys uh, go to the GTR. Oh, and Sean Lee looks like he's making appearance too. Sean, Sean Lee is in the book as well. Our friend Sean Lee is in the book as well. So, there's, look, there's Larry Chen, Jim Richards. Look, yeah. everyone's there. Exactly. <laughs> there's Sean again. Oh my word! Yeah, yeah. and Jan's there as well. Yeah, look. Yeah. Oh, it's always oh, best shout out. Quick happy birthday, right, to young, young man Jan Martinburg. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's 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 my little little plug for uh, for uh, the book. But it's, it really wasn't a plug. I just really wanted to review and and show you know you guys this book because it's such a beautiful book and it's really well done. Cool. So that's it, guys. I got to go. Uh, there's a phone call I have to take, but I think I'm going to miss it. But okay. Oh. <laughs> well, is it Steven Spielberg so, on the other line, yeah, Sam? Exactly. Is that who it is? Well, exactly, man. I got stuff. We went over two hours here. So, okay. But, anyways, uh, Taro, Koki, thank you very much. Great report. Congratulations, Di. James, race expert. You uh, lived up to your billing. I try. And, All thanks uh, to you, that, Sam Matani. And there we have episode 27 in the canyon so we will see you guys in two weeks uh larry chen is with larry chen our uh, 
uh, our guests then. And uh, until then, Godspeed to you all. Stay safe. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.